My family is like zero entrepreneurial. And then in 2015, the Volkswagen stock dropped dramatically. And it was interesting for me. And my mom, like a week or two later, brought me a magazine about stocks. And then I read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which my mom mm. also brought me. After that, it was game over. School, nine to five job, not an option anymore. Butterfly effect. And I got into this whole bubble of following entrepreneurs on social media. And that's when I started searching for ways how I can make money online. I took a look at all these people talking about dropshipping, e-commerce, Amazon FBA, network marketing, and this and that. But then I dig deeper and ask myself, Say, hey, what do all these people have in common? They have a following, they have a brand on social media. And I was like, okay, I have to build a following too. But I didn't want to show myself at that point. And then I got into like theme pages. The following is a conversation with my good friend, Niklas Pede. We're going to be talking about how he's made it to multiple seven figures with his online business at the tender age of 23. We'll also talk about how he got Ty Lopez to mentor him and how much he paid for it, uh, what living in Dubai really feels like. And most importantly, we'll also talk about our personal daily routines that allow us to push our companies further while still maintaining a great lifestyle. That being said, get hyped for this one. Enjoy. Mr. Niklas Pere, it's an honor. How are you doing, man? Yes, very good. Thank you uh, for having me on the podcast. I'm doing great. Just got back to Dubai like two days ago or something. And nice. uh, yeah, what about you? Yeah, I can't complain. I'm literally in Helsinki. We're like literally like you're in a, in a warm place. I'm like in the coldest place ever. Um, you know, improvised studio here for myself. Improvised studio a little bit for yourself. We just talked about it offline as well. Um, crazy. You are a German who made a big online you make it a ton of money. You move to Dubai. One thing that I wanted to ask you right away is like, what do you actually think about living in Dubai? Yeah, I love it. Like for me, it's great, right? Not the whole year. So I couldn't probably stay here like 12 months of the year, but um, you know, for half of the year, it's perfect. I do travel a lot. I was like in 13 countries in the last year or so. Um, but uh, yeah, like moving to Dubai was, I think, one of the best decisions I ever made. Because no I can't, yeah. I came here pretty early when I was like 18 years old and uh, moved out of my hometown and had to take a responsibility over my own life, right? So yeah, I helped to, to grow as a person a lot, got to know a lot of great people here and yeah. Wait, okay, let's backtrack. So how old are you now? 22, 21? 23. 23, okay. So you, you, you moved straight out of your hometown, like a small village in Germany to Dubai. There was nothing in between? In between six months of Australia. So I did like business and travel in Australia after school and then yeah. directly to Dubai, yes. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Because for me, it's kind of different. Like I moved first from my 5,000 people cowtown in Austria to Vienna, lived there for a while, then lived in LA. Da, da, da. But like that's a pretty stark contrast. Um, what do you like most about Dubai? What do you like the least about Dubai? let's start with what I like the least. So probably like nature is missing here. You do have the mm -hmm. sea, which is awesome. Like mm -hmm. I often go to the beach, take walks, answer WhatsApp from there, listen to podcasts and stuff. The classic, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like nature and like culture a little bit is missing. Dubai is like a pretty new city. Like you don't have this typical European stuff. Um, it's all modern towers, uh, desert and this and that. And what I like the most about Dubai, oh, good question. I I think the network and the the people here yeah, mm. like there's a big German community yeah. of like entrepreneurs all into like advertising, social media and stuff. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's it's cool. I mean, I had exactly the same uh, impression when I when I went to I, I went to Dubai for the first time earlier this year. I was just there for like four or five days. It's like it's yeah. really epic. It's hyper modern, much more modern than I thought. But then also I'm like, OK, zero culture, kind of everything's too modern, you know, so we're like, where's the history? 
Um, yes. But at the same time, like every like you go to the gym and the guy doing deadlifts next to you is like an eight-figure business owner as well. And you're like, oh, hey, what do you do? You know, yes. um, very similar to that is, by the way, Cyprus. I've okay. really noticed that, like, especially since the pandemic, Cyprus before 2020 was kind of like the the secret tip, like a lot of entrepreneurs have moved there. And then since the pandemic, it's like getting bigger and bigger because a lot of people are like, listen, I'm making money online. Uh, Germany sucks. Uh, Austria sucks. You know, not it, it's not it doesn't actually suck, but a lot of things about Germany and Austria suck, like the mentality, the weather, um, the taxes and so on and so forth. And then a lot of people, they're like, OK, look, but I don't want to move to Dubai, man. Like it's too hot. It's too crazy. But Cyprus is kind of like a nice in between. And now it's getting really to a point where you have so many opportunities for networking or so many other entrepreneurs. There are so many online entrepreneurs and uh, everybody's crushing it. And it's not like it's like 60 degrees Celsius in summer outside, you know? So Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can imagine. I've never been to Cyprus, hmm. but um, yeah, like I've heard good things about it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Where do you, uh, cause you said like, you don't spend all your time in uh, Dubai and you said you, 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 moved, you went to like 13 different countries last year. So yeah. where else, where else are you going? Was it? About a year ago, Cape Town was exactly this time last year. I think in December for three weeks, Cape Town. Uh, nice. so have you been? Um, nope, never. Cape Town is awesome, man. I think I you were like, it's so good. I hear everybody kind of tells me about it, but I'm like, I'm like, isn't it, isn't it like, dangerous as hell you know i'm just like the uh, idiot here who's uneducated <laughs> no no it's not really dangerous of course you have to take care you shouldn't walk around with like a watch and stuff and just go into like random taxis or whatever okay um, that's my no. that's my definition of dangerous <laughs> like <laughs> yeah that's already too too dangerous i like wearing my watches wherever the frick i go <laughs> i was wearing watches too but you know you, you got to be like a little bit careful right yeah, like not yeah. not in the wrong areas okay all right yeah but That's yeah, funny. Cape Town after I was in Germany for Christmas with the family, then skiing for New Year's in Austria. Nice. Uh, I was on the seashells. We were in Thailand, Japan, Croatia, Italy. When were, you, when were you in Japan? When? Yeah. What was it, like May or something? Or June? I think June. Ah, I was there in May. That would have been so yeah. funny. I was there for a whole month, April till May. Next time, next time we should meet there, man. It's such a beautiful place, huh? Yeah, it's good. Where have you been in Japan? Just like one city or? Uh, Tokyo. So we really, um, I kind of did the same as I did on my Korea trip. I didn't just want to go there and live in a in a hotel for a week. I actually wanted to kind of experience a normal everyday life there. So we went there for a whole month. We were, uh, we got an Airbnb in, in the heart of Tokyo in um, uh, Minatoku, like the, the, the baller area, as we found out <laughs> later. And then uh, we, we went on one quick weekend trip to uh, Kyoto. Got it. Yeah. yeah, what about you? I've been in like eight different cities. In, in, oh, in no, Japan. no, yeah, no. Because a friend of mine, he's Japanese and his parents live there. So, yeah. Perfect. Yes. Yeah, it's cool if you have a local. I, I have a client from Japan. So, we were also like, you know, hey, show us around. <clears throat> and I remember he was like, ah, by the way, hold on a second. No, <laughs> <laughs> yes. no plastic you're, not an, you're not an <laughs> online entrepreneur if you don't drink Pellegrino. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah. And, and my client's Japanese. So it's kind of like the same, like you get to see all these epic places that, uh, you know, otherwise you could never get to see if you're just a random tourist. I remember he would just bring me to like random sushi places that are like in a basement, you know, 
You're like no. the first European that they ever see. The, <laughs> the menu is all Japanese, right? Like in sushi. So you never know what you're getting. And then they give you like the craziest, like baby squids or whatever. Um, I'm sure you've had a fair share of experiences like that as well. Yeah. Everyone, Japan was good. Yeah. Beautiful place. Uh, Croatia as well. They said, yeah, Croatia is always, Croatia is super underrated. I think I've had some it of is. my best vacations there, honestly. Yeah, for sure. Like favorite yeah. spot for me was Hua in Croatia. Mm-hmm. And we stayed on a yacht for like four or five days. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was insane. Yeah. Damn. You know, here, here's the thing. Um, You're 23. I'm 30. I'm th- Jesus Christ. I'm 33. And um, you're at a really, really high level very early on. In fact, when I think back to when I was 23, I was just getting started as an unpaid assistant, right? Yeah. And even for me, then, you know, I made my first million at 26. And even for me, a lot of people say, wow, that was early. But for you, it's hell of a lot even earlier. Um, there's so many questions I have to you about that. So number one, do you did you feel or do you feel that sometimes your age is kind of like something that people judge you on where you say like, hey, I might only be 23, but God damn it, look at what I do. Is it something that you have to overcome? No, not really. Um, never in a negative way. It was always just in a positive way. So people were just always like surprised. And they were like, wow, you're 23? No. What? This is amazing. So it was never in like a negative way, no. That's dope. That's That's freaking beautiful. Do you sometimes feel that things are going too fast? No, not really, to be honest. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I always ask that when I hang out with people that got very successful very early on. I'm like, yeah. did your success feel like more it's an overnight thing or did your success come from because you just grinded it out and it wasn't a natural result of your actions? Yeah. Yeah, so the thing is for me, like it, it didn't happen overnight, right? Yeah. So I started when I was 15, which is now like eight years ago, yeah. right? Um, basically like six, seven years ago, I got, got into this this digital space, online marketing, funnels, all this good stuff. And everything came step by step. And it wasn't like it exploded from one day to the another. You know, I slowly went from zero to 10K a month, 20K a month, 30K, 40K, 50K, 100K, 200, 300, 400, 500, right? Like I have clients of mine, one of them, his name is Phil. Uh, he literally went from zero, like making 30K a month, last year to over 3 million cash collected a month within one year. Like for him, it was like it exploded like crazy. And he went from 20, huh? What does he do? Coaching. He coaches social media and uh, specifically affiliate marketing. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's a sexy offer right there. It's great. I mean, it's crazy. You got in there when you were 15, you know, and um, it's funny because like I sometimes have people that come to us like they're closers and they're 19. And they're like, yeah, I've been closing for like two years already. And I'm like, when I was 19, I had no idea this world even existed, let alone with 15. I mean, when I was 15, all I did was listen to Metallica, watch The Simpsons <laughs> and uh, and play like PlayStation 2, I think back then. <laughs> what 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 was like the. What was like the 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 the, the factor that got you started? when you were yeah. 15 years old like was there an older brother or family members or something like that or how did you get into that no no so my family is like zero entrepreneur at mm. all my dad works a normal job and stuff um but yeah i was back in the days also playing a lot of video games like literally nice. all day long <laughs> my, my parents hated it but yeah. Uh, yeah like playing a lot and also watching all these like youtubers and stuff and then in 2015 the Volkswagen stock had like dropped dramatically and had this big scandal and whatever. And one of the YouTubers was talking about it. And it was interesting for me. And I talked to my parents about it, like uh, at the dinner table and our dinner. And my mom, like a week or two later, brought me a magazine about stocks. 
And then I got into it. And then, you know, another couple of weeks later, I read the book Rich Dad Poor Dad, which my mom mm. also brought me. And nice. after, after that, it was game over. Like I read the book and I'm like, okay, shit, what am I doing here? School, nine to five job, not an option anymore. <laughs> I need to do something else. Yeah. Man, shout out to your mom. That is so cool. Like she brings you the right books, you know? That's freaking crazy. Like butterfly effect, you know? Like I'm sure your mom was like, oh, yeah, let's give the little Nicholas some book. He's interested in that. Little did she know, freaking yes. eight years later, you're crushing, you know? <laughs> yes. I, I guess for the, for the first year or two, my mom was like, what did I do? Why did I give Nicholas this book? Because like I was super good in school, right? Uh, and the grades yeah. slowly stopped dropping with like <laughs> arguments at home. And I was like, school is shit and I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to go to university. No nine to five job. I want to do my own thing. Mm. Like we had a lot of arguments at home. Um, but yeah, like it was good. Damn, that's epic. Okay, so you're so you learn about stocks, you read Richard Poor Dad, you're like, okay, this whole the classic journey. Um, don't make sense. What's the first thing you build? Yes. So I, I got into stocks at yeah. like 2,000 euros from working in like summer holiday jobs at the stock portfolio. And after six months, it was like up 2%. Nice. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, this, this is not working out, right? <laughs> I was doing the math because I wanted to, after school, I wanted to travel through Australia. And I was like, hey, if I invest in this and that and whatever and get lucky, I make 100K and then I can, but I figured out it doesn't work. So I searched for on YouTube how to make money fast on the stock market. And guess what showed up? <laughs> day trading right so oh. i got to day trading and i found found one guy he was living here in dubai driving like a lamborghini aventador and this and that and whatever nice. showing his life doing vlogs and that really like inspired me and then i got into this whole bubble of following entrepreneurs on social media young ones a little bit older ones this and that got into day trading and then while day trading i also realized hey i don't have enough money with 2000 euros i can't really get ahead i need more money and that's when i started searching for ways how i can make money online you know i, I took a look at all these people talking about dropshipping, e-commerce, Amazon FBA, network marketing, and this and that. But I you know, didn't know what business model to take. But then I dig deeper and ask myself, hey, what do all these people that I see on social media live this amazing life have in common, right? And at one point it clicked and I was like, hey, they are all doing the same thing. They have a following, they have a brand on social media mm -hmm. and they sell, I don't know, digital products, coaching, consulting, whatever. And I was like, okay, I have to build a following too, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, but I didn't want to show myself at that point. And then I got into like theme pages and stuff. Mm. And yeah, from there, I started my journey in this like Instagram space. Yeah, that's so cool. I, I, I kind of realized the same. There's always parallels, right? I'm always trying to look at the parallels between successful people and then where's the difference. And a parallel was was 100% that I'm like, okay, if I want to always be safe and always have income and always um, have the freedom that comes along with it, I need to be relevant. Like this idea yeah. of relevancy, first of all, it translates, of course, into social media nowadays. Like you cannot be relevant unless you have um, a a certain uh, representation of you on the internet. Um, yeah. That was the one thing. And then the other thing was also like, and this was something that only clicked for me much, much later. I mean, one of my first mentors, Owen Cook, you know, aka RSD Tyler, I remember him, you know, rambling once about like, Yes, uh, we're teaching all these young guys right now. That was literally 10 years ago. And uh, he's a dating coach, one of the best dating coaches, biggest dating coaches in the world. And he's like, yeah, listen, guys, we're teaching all these young guys how to get girls right now. But uh, in 10 years from now, a lot of these guys are going to be seven and eight figure business owners. 
And that's where I then transition to business consulting because these people will know me by then. These people will have huge amounts of, you know, emotional bank account with me. They'll all, yeah. they, they all trust me. They'll, they'll be grateful. And that's where you're going to get into business consulting. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, Tyler, old crazy man, 10 years from now, who knows, right? But, you know, freaking 10 years is really fast. I mean, you probably don't know it yet because you're 23, but like from 23 to 33, it's, it's going to go really, really fast. And it keeps yeah. getting faster. So 10 years later, it's exactly this. Like, it's so crazy. Like, so many people that I talk to right now, all these eight-figure business owners, and I talk to them, I reach out to them, I'm in their mastermind, or they're in my mastermind, and they're like, oh, Max, I remember you from the dating advice stuff. Like, you guys used to help me out so much. Like, you guys helped me find my girlfriend. You guys helped me got married, and so on and so forth. And I'm like, damn, Owen was right. He was yeah. right. It's so much about building a, an, an online presence and building relationships and really thinking long term. And, uh, you know, I mean, sure, a lot of the clients that come to us, they say, hey, I don't want to do social media. You don't have to. In order to make 10, 20, 30K a month, you don't need any social media at all, depending on the niche. It could also uh, be that you make over 100K a month without any social media presence. But in, in the vast majority of the cases, social media is like the business card how uh, like the business card was like 20, 30 years ago. And if you don't have that, you're just missing out because as long as people pay attention to you, um, people will want to buy from you. And that's, and that's freaking great. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now, you know, you also mentioned Instagram. Um, is that the main channel that you're using to grow your business or do you have other channels as well? No, basically only Instagram. Yeah. We of yeah. course do, do email marketing and stuff. Uh, start a little bit on YouTube uh, now a month ago we got into like paid ads, but no, like it's uh, all Instagram. Damn, so it's all organic that you've been building. No, no, it's not organic. Influencer marketing, right? Um, yeah, so the theme pages are organic, but yeah, personal brand yeah. all influencer marketing. I, I still, I still, I still consider that relatively organic because it's. I mean, because you're not paying Google or Meta any money; yeah, yeah. you're just, just keeping it on on the down low uh, with with the with the other influencers, which is also what we're doing with the Max Turner business account. And we're doing organic slash this, you know, influencer marketing shout outs, paid shout outs and so on and so forth. And it's crushing. Yeah. Um, have have you ever since, you know, you're kind of putting all your eggs in one basket with Instagram. Have you ever had issues where Instagram got um, deactivated, got banned, blocked, anything like that? Yeah, sure. Like my account was, I think, down twice. But, you know, you know some people and it's back yeah. up quite fast. <laughs> how, did, yeah. how did it get? Was it the classic scammer reaches out to you, says, hey, I'm going to take your account down unless you wire exactly. me? Whatever so, oh, yeah? So that was once. And then the second time was they rolled out the meta verification, I don't know, like three months ago or something. Actually, mm -hmm. when I was in Japan and mm -hmm. uh, I got the verification, then like a day later, the account was down. Right. And then it got back up. And meta again down. So it was some issues with with meta verification. Mm. Um, a lot of people had it at that time, but yeah. Damn. I, yeah, I remember the the meta verification was kind of like like a lifesaver for us because I remember we may we don't rely fully on Instagram, but largely it's it's my favorite platform. Uh, yeah. it almost almost as much YouTube is is close. I like YouTube as well, but I kind of like Instagram better. It's it's just the the ultimate platform for me personally. Yeah. And um, I got the exact same message. For, I think for me, it happened like six times. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, just some guy, you know, with like a board ape as this dumb profile picture. Hey, what's up? Uh, somebody paid me to deactivate your account unless yeah. you pay me $1,000, la-di-da. 
Next, and, next time, yeah. next time, you just have to change your profile picture to something exactly. like black without your face, and then they can't. Exactly. Shut yeah. Exactly. That was kind of like also what how we learned it, you know. And of course, at first, I'm like, yeah, yeah, random scam thing. I'm not gonna reply. Boom, we got deactivated. And yeah. um, I, I can't remember how did we get it back first time. I think we just got it back um because we we you know Instagram had this function where you can like uh request more info on why you got banned and then you know that you have to upload like a picture with your passport and stuff like that we instantly got it reactivated and and then we had peace for like two three years and then the same guy or a similar guy we don't know if it was the same guy reached out again did the same spiel again and then it happened to a client of mine bruno barami <clears throat> and uh he was like he's like shit max max what do i do he sends me screenshot and i'm like whatever you do do not reply and of course, him being cocky, he replies because he's a he's a sales coach. So he's like, "Oh, I can I can manage, you know, I can negotiate." <laughs> so he replies, yeah. and then the guy literally says, "Oh, now that I see that you replied, um, I want even more money, right?" So it says, "Now that I know I have your attention," so you know he kind of shot himself in the foot, and um, and then what I did then is that was before the the verification thing happened. Uh, because that kind of like saved it because I think the way they do it is they just mass reported for impersonation. They yeah. basically impersonating yourself and then you get mass reported for that and so on and so forth. And that's also like how the just change your profile picture to not showing your face kind of fixed it. And then the other thing is, of course, the meta verification thing. I think it just, you know, uh, put a, a wrench in the in the wheel of, of all these scammers. And I don't think it can it can happen. It can work again, at least not the way they used to do it. And um yeah, I remember it, it, it sucked. Like at some point it was out. I was off for like three or four weeks or something like that because then Meta got really overwhelmed because apparently everybody had the same issue and then they couldn't handle it. And of course they have not enough people to handle it and so on and so forth. So, and I remember the last time they, I got that message again and I literally, I reach out to our Meta contact and I'm like screenshot. Hey, I got this message again. Here's the screenshot. Mark my words. You guys will get a mass reported issue yeah. with my account. Just letting you know ahead of time. Here's where it happened before. Here's the case of all the times it happened before. Here's the screenshot. And they're like, just, you know, the, the, the stock answer. Like, okay, we'll look into it. And then, of course, a day later, I got banned. And, of course, they they couldn't remember anything. Oh, this is new. And I'm like, I told you a, a freaking day <laughs> before. I gave you a heads up. It's just such a, a frustrating experience. Yes. Hopefully yeah. it doesn't happen again. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I don't think it will because, like, again, like now we have the verification thingy and, and that was kind of, like, really the lifesaver, I think, for a lot of people out there. But, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's cool. So that, that that's, like, your main channel. So you basically do it all just over your, your network of uh, influencers. Exactly. Yes. Hell yeah. That's epic. It's yeah. epic. I, I could imagine that with that, it doesn't only help your business, but you probably also at some point meet some of the influencers in person and you kind of like network for your personal life as well. Or how do you do that? Yeah, yeah for sure. Of course, many of the people that I now do and uh, business partners, um, you know, I got to know them through Instagram, right? Uh, yeah. doing, I don't know, to give you an example, do, doing a project with Ty Lopez together now, right? Yeah. Without, without the personal brand, this probably would have never happened, right? Yeah. Or we're doing a project together with wealth and helping him with his social media and monetization wouldn't no. have happened without my personal brand, right? Um, and so many of the friends that I also have and that I'm connected with, you know, interviews I do, people I network with through the personal brand. You know, you've been following each other for, I don't know, year two or three, whatever. Yeah. See yeah. the journey. Then, you know, one guy's in Dubai or I'm in Croatia and he's there. You yeah. meet up, 
um, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, it's funny. That's exactly, that's like one of the main reasons why I even have this podcast. It helps. It, it's really great business wise, but at the same time, like the main reason why I want to do is I just want to have an excuse to talk to cool people, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's, that's what podcasts are also good fun. True. It's, it's so good. Yeah. And, you know, I talked to Sergio and Xenios um, from a uh, cope member two, two, three weeks ago. And they yeah. were like, yo, yo, you should check out Nicholas Pérez, super awesome guy. <laughs> and I'm like, huh, it sounds really cool. And then I check your Instagram and I'm like, oh, you're following me. That's fu- That's funny. So I followed you back. I'm like, hey, you want to be on my podcast? And you're like, hell yeah, let's do it. And it's yeah. just such a, it's such a, nobody wants to, nobody says yes if you say, hey, can I invite you for dinner and ask you a bunch of questions? Most people are like, look, I'm busy, right? But exactly. if you say, hey, can I have you on my podcast and promote your stuff? Everybody's like, hell yeah, like, let's go. Like, I love a podcast. Um, and that's really freaking great. And, you know, in this regard also, like, I mean, you and I have talked before the podcast as well. And we're like, yo, what's your travel plans? Let's go meet up. Let's hang out. And um, that's literally like one of the best ways to meet like-minded people. Um, you mentioned Ty Lopez. And uh, so he was in, wasn't he in your mastermind or something like that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we hosted an event uh, this August in Cannes. And uh, he was there like for five days, stayed with us in the villa. His family yeah. was also there. Yeah, it was good. So how did all that happen? How did you meet him? How did I meet Ty? So first time I met, so first of all, Ty, you know, he was the the first person or first mentor of mine. I bought his 67 steps program oh, back in like 2016 or something when I was day trading, you know, and I had like a big loss in the day and then I saw his ad and I was like, okay, let me get the 67 steps, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and then I met him first time in person backstage in Dubai. There was an event and at the end he was doing like a Q&A round and stuff and there was like 20, 30 people and I was there with friends and they were like, hey, Ty, you know, thanks to your program, we're crushing it, doing 300K a month. And this guy also, he did a million dollars in 45 days, right? And then we we started talking with Ty, went backstage, even recorded a video, exchanged WhatsApps. Nice. Um, went in touch so much, but I sent them some updates, you know, throughout the years on my entrepreneurial journey, achievements and this and that. And then I was, uh, you know, in contact with her sales rep for about a year. And, uh, you know, Ty was away from social media for quite a time. Yeah. And then he started doing like one-on-one mentorings again. And um, yeah, I basically booked it with Ty. We got in touch. I started talking, you know, and so got along well, right? And uh, part of the one-on-one mentoring deal was also that he is coming to Cannes uh, for the mastermind. Initially, it was just like a 30-minute speaking slot. Um, but yeah, we're like, we got along well. We're super nice to him, invited him, his family to the villa, uh, picked him up from the airport and stuff. And he yeah, really enjoyed the time. And then, uh, yeah, spent with us the whole mastermind. And yeah, we were networking and talking and having fun and stuff until 4 or 5 a.m. in the night eating pizza and sushi. <laughs> so that was cool. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's someone who loves to talk. I, I remember that. I, I was once, when I was still a, an assistant of Owen, I was I had to go to Vegas the next day for, uh, uh, I think, it was some, some sort of seminar that I was supposed to do. And... And I'm like early in bed, you know, I'm like, okay, flight, like the, I, it was not a flight. I had to take a freaking bus. That's how, <laughs> you know, how much of an assistant I was. I'm um, like, okay, go to bed. Like I get all the sleep, blah, blah, blah. And just before I pass out, I get a message by Owen. He's like, hey, we have to shoot some videos with Ty just real quick. And I'm like, all right, get back up, put my clothes on, drive up to Ty's villa. And of course, like number one, you have Ty. And then number two, you have Owen, both of them, the greatest ramblers of history. So mm-hmm. I, I swear to God, we started shooting at, I think, 11.30 p.m. And this is not an exaggeration. We finished at 8.30 a.m. in the morning. Oh. And the only reason why we finished is because I had to catch my damn bus. Like, we lit, <laughs> like, and, and of course, they never released the video. You know, it was just this, like, crazy ramble. 
Um, yeah. super valuable, but it just got lost in the in the confusion of of you know Owen shooting so much content. But it was really, really freaking valuable. And I remember I, I like passed out behind the camera the whole time. But I'm like, this is so valuable. Like, damn, like I gotta stay awake and all that jazz. Uh, so I'm glad to hear that he he's you know he's still the the OG guy because that was way before he even blew up. So yeah. um, you said you bought the uh the one on one with him. How much was it? So the uh, 60k at the beginning, and then I upgraded something to, and it was a total of 100k. Yeah, 60k for uh, a month or how much? No, no, that was for like eight months or something. Yeah. Damn, that's not even that's damn, that's really cheap. <laughs> like time, yeah, it's, <laughs> time. It's, it's not that expensive. Yeah, that, I'm like that's kind of almost cheaper than our prices <laughs> for our one. <laughs> and what did you upgrade for the 100k? Like, what did you get there? Yeah, it was uh, kind of like an extension and like even more 101. So mm. uh, now we, we're chatting on WhatsApp all the time. 101 calls, I don't know, every month, one or two calls and stuff. Uh, oh, I mean, if you, uh, you know, if you consider the high level that you're at, what is kind of like the value that you're getting from Ty now? What are like the the, the craziest lessons that you've gotten from him? Craziest lesson. Yeah, so so Tyler, we, we we don't that much talk about business, like a lot of life in general, life hacks, traveling, travel routine, uh, how to structure things, getting a personal concierge, um, even dating, everything. You know, nice. then the company hiring like a COO, going on podcasts, investments, a lot stuff like this. Yeah, wow, not, not so even business stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. That's actually really epic because I can imagine. I mean, there's so many small nuances that you know a, a business owner like that doesn't have a program on, you know, because it's just not big enough of a demand for it. Like you said, like how to get a concierge, right? It's like, yeah. if Ty would make a program on that, nobody would care because just not enough people that give a damn about that. But it's like such small things. I'm like, they have a huge impact on you. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, what kind of concierge did you get now? Do you know? Do you already have yeah, like, one? Yeah, like a personal one. It's kind of like a personal assistant, but yeah. just someone takes care of, I don't know, dinner reservations, travel plans, booking flights, oh, yeah. the uh, ordering books, ordering food, stuff like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have the same. Yeah, yeah, it's just like full on. I call it wheelchair mode. Uh, that's kind of like an yes. internal joke within my company. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just like in a wheelchair. I can barely move. Do the thing for do everything for me. Like wheelchair me from point A to point B. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's a complete game changer. It is. Um, you know, one thing is th that that I I keep hearing over and over again is like Ty is kind of like op opposed to Alex Ramosi and Gary V for giving away everything for free ties more like, Hey, don't, don't give everything away for free. Like what, what's your take on that? Mm, giving everything away for free. Uh, to be honest, yeah. Like whenever I'm on podcasts and stuff and I get asked questions or the YouTube videos, I just share everything. Like I'm not holding anything back or whatever. Um, and even programs like the, the, the cheapest one, the entry one is $6 and 95 cents. And people get like really high level stuff, like 70 video lessons, right? Yeah. In tie behind the scenes videos from the mastermind so yeah like i was always a big fan of just like over delivering and uh yeah it's funny because i'm always i'm also very much into this whole over delivering thing especially in our niche because it's hard to gain trust right yeah. i know we're in the make money online niche both of us are and you know it's easy for people to be like, oh yeah you're just like the next guru or whatever so it's important in our niche especially to be like hey listen I mean, you said it like yourself, like cheapest program is like six bucks and it's like a lot of value for us. Also, we got a one for, for two ninety seven, and it's like, here's a lot of value. 
So people yeah. are like, oh shit, like this, this really is not a scam. Like, okay, there's actually really good value in there. Like, I wonder what the high ticket stuff is going to be like. So it's kind yeah. of really important. But then again, you look at someone like Ty who just won that game without giving everything away for free. He has, I mean, he does give a lot away for free. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, he also does have pay barriers um, yeah. for a lot of his stuff and he's crushing it. He's like, literally, like we always used to joke about is like when Ty stopped doing social media, we we're like, he won the game. Like he won online. Like if there is ever like the internet competition, like he won it. Um, and he did it without Alex Hermosi slash Gary V style of giving away everything for free. So that's a really interesting dynamic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He, he also has like a lot of front end products, like cheap ones where you mm -hmm. can get started for like one dollar or whatever. And then he's putting a lot of value in there. But uh, yeah, I guess everyone has their own unique approach. And, yeah. Uh, has to find what works for them. Yeah. Through that man, we used to talk about it in a dating thing so much. It's like there's no re there's no correct way to do things. There's no correct thing. It's just like it it depends on how well you implement that, right? There's no perfect pickup line. It's just like how you bring it across. Yeah. Um. I mean, look, man, you're you're 23 years old. You're crushing it. What's your plan? Do you have like a 10 year plan, five year plan, 50 year plan? Yeah. Um. Yes and no. So first of all, I think it's like hard to plan out for the next 10 years or whatever, because, you know, now so much has happened uh, in the last five years. You know, I went from, I don't know, just being a normal guy in school, playing video games all day long to now living in Dubai, being a multimillionaire, all those projects, whatever, like running the online business. And so much has happened when I first started. I didn't think that I would get so far in such a short, short time. Right, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next ten years. Mm. But yeah, overall game plan is you know continue uh, growing and building the businesses. Uh, I'm doing a lot of investment stuff now, like real estate, crypto, stocks, all that good stuff. Um, so yeah, just like double down on investments, especially real estate. And then yeah, in the future, you know, I see myself uh, having a family, multiple homes. You know, one here in Dubai, uh, nice. something in Europe, maybe Cape Town also. And uh, yeah, just you know doing awesome stuff, building awesome businesses, connecting with cool people, having a great time, and. Uh, yeah, always Amen. getting better as a person and growing. Amen, man. Amen. That's that's kind of name of the game. Uh, it's cool that you also want family. You know, it's it's weird because I remember people started saying like, "Oh, our generation, like none of us wants to get married and get a family anymore." But like, almost every single one of my friends, they made a ton of money. They had you know a lot of uh casual experiences with a lot of different partners, and then and now they're married. They're married. They got kids, and they're like full on actually doing it. And it's cool yeah. that, you know, this also lives on in you. Um, what do you think in terms of uh, uh, getting married? Should it be a, a girl that you meet in Dubai? Should it be just old school German girl? What's uh, what's your preference there? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Let's see. Um, here in Dubai, not sure if you will find the right woman here. Uh, because <laughs> I, I, I guess Dubai attracts a specific type, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's in general big cities. But uh, who knows? Let's see. German, I don't know. <laughs> yeah it's it's weird like i would i cannot imagine ever settling down with a girl that lives in dubai or that it frequents the place many times because i think you know we all kind of know what's going on be <laughs> behind the scenes with with many girls in dubai but yeah it's like you know i'm so happy that my my girlfriend i met her way before actually that's not even true it things have already blown up back then with the dating business but I was living, I wasn't living like that. I remember I was still living in a, a thousand euro a month uh, student apartment in Helsinki after way after I had made my first million because in my head, I was like, 
I don't want to spend more money than a thousand bucks a month, even though I had all this money in my bank account. So it was, I'm very happy that I, that she met me like that. She didn't know that I was making a lot of money until very, very, very long into our relationship. She was just kind of like at some point, like, Hey, wait a minute. Like, where is this money coming from? You know? And to be honest, like the older I get, the more grateful I am about that. So if I meet a girl now, it's, it's really hard for me to distinguish between does she really like me or does she kind of like the lifestyle that comes along with it? That's why I wanted to ask your take on that. So you don't have any preferences, German girl or anything like that. No, I do have pre- preferences, of course, but uh, um, I guess not German. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but who knows? It depends, you know, <laughs> everyone is is different, but uh, yeah. I mean, how do, how are you often perceived? I mean, you're you're someone young you're an entrepreneur you're german so there's like a lot of different factors coming together a lot of it's an interesting combination how do you get perceived when you're you know when you're going out when you go into parties when you're when you're talking to girls something like that how i get perceived so for, yeah. first of all regarding parties i i don't party at all right nice. uh, i think in dubai i've only been in a club once so what mm-hmm. i do is you know we go out with friends to like bars and stuff but not like actual clubs and clubs and clubs yeah. right um yeah, how do you get perceived just normally, right? And then over the time, you know, uh, like at the beginning, when someone doesn't know you, right? Yeah. Uh, they don't know you, but then slowly over the time, some details, they get to know you. Ah, that's, all that's right. Good. <laughs> so for example, like one one thing that I started doing in the very beginning, once I started making more money, I would take my watch off when I would go yeah. meet a girl because I'm like, I don't want her to recognize the watch. I don't want her to think that I'm rich. So I would literally, I would have like a, a poor Max outfit and then a rich Max outfit. And whenever I would go out on a date or something like that, I would put on the poor Max outfit. And I remember even like places like my apartment, like once I started having a nice apartment and someone would say, oh, you have such a nice apartment. I'm like, oh, it's not mine. A friend makes, allows me to live in here for free. I was so paranoid um, about like, I don't want to come across as like the typical rich guy. Do you have that as well? No, to be honest, uh, not 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 really. No, that's good, man. I envy you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess you know when you get to know people, whether it's girls or also normal like guys and whatever. Listen, but you, like you, you realize quite fast, you know how they think, how you know how they act, and what their attitude is and stuff. Yeah, mm. yeah, man. I mean, as long as you are careful, and as long as you don't use it as a crutch. I think you should be fine. And, you know, especially with with someone like you, I mean, you know, you and I haven't talked much before the podcast, but you strike me as a very hardworking person. You strike me as a very awake and focused person. So I don't think you'll ever have an issue with that as long as as things stay like that. Um, But yeah, man, I mean, look, if you're 23 and you're hanging out with a bunch of influencers, I mean, you hang out with people like Ty Lopez, a lot of people that make a lot of money. Do you, have you ever had it where you would, hang out with someone and you're like i don't want to do the things that they're doing like they're taking drugs they're going out party they're on the wrong side of success so to speak and if so how do you kind of protect yourself against it yeah for sure you know um how do i protect myself what means protect like i'm I'm just not a guy who goes into like drugs and partying and this and that it's just not my thing Mm. right so so that's it <laughs> yeah that's good I, I, I do i do drink a wine and this and that and whatever and where we travel yeah. sometimes no but not in like an extreme way it's not a lifestyle yeah. yeah that's good that's good yeah i mean especially you know i come from austria we're very old school there 
And then when I, once I lived in LA, I was all of a sudden, like, I remember like I was just coaching and people offered me cocaine and yeah. I'm like 22 years old. I'm like, uh, I don't know. Like my mom said, it's really bad. So no, thank you. I was just thrown into this adult world and it was, it was really crazy. <laughs> so yes. I think your, your German mindset might also help you with that, man. <laughs> but honestly, like here in Dubai, you know, like the, the social circle and the people that, that I'm with, they're like zero also into into mm. this stuff. Of course, something you know, when you go travel and hang out with other people, um, sure you you'll have some people who are who are into partying and uh, maybe drugs and stuff. But mm. you in Dubai like zero. That's good. That's uh, beautiful to hear, man. Uh, you mentioned investments earlier. Yeah. Isn't crypto like blowing up again? What is what is Bitcoin at right now? Thirty six k or something. Thirty seven. Oh, not bad. Not bad. Oh yeah, thirty six. Damn. Yes. It is going up. I I still have my portfolio on my old phone. I bought um I bought Bitcoin in 2017 and Ethereum as well. What are nice. yeah? What's like something that excites you right now in terms of crypto investment? Because I shit on it a lot on my yeah. brand. Uh, so it's like my official stance is like 99% of it is scam and don't do it. And you're an idiot yeah. if you if you want to make money online and you you try to do with with crypto but at the same time i'm also honest and transparent about it. it's like yo i bought a ton of crypto back in 2017 not yeah. necessarily as like this is my goal but as like yeah it's like a backup i put some some toy money on that and and see what comes out you know yeah yeah for me it's just like at the beginning when i first got into crypto i bought all these altcoins and projects and this and that but then at one point i just switched and now it's like 95 percent bitcoin i just buy bitcoin every single day and that's it done Oh, you buy it every single day? Yeah. What? Why that? Why not just everything at once? Or how, how exactly does that strategy work? Because your dollar cost average, right? And you on average get um, kind of like the best price. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been doing it for like over a year now. And you know, in Binance, you can set up this auto purchase. And then mm -hmm. every day at XYZ time, it just buys. Yeah. Nice. How much do you buy per day? A thousand euros. That's <laughs> epic, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and why Bitcoin? Not why not Ethereum? Again, I know nothing about it. So yes. I'm I'm also not like super super big into like crypto. I have like good friends who are super deep into it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when you take a look at the projects and stuff, and like how Bitcoin is built in the future and this and that, like you can basically kind of like separate Bitcoin from all the other stuff, right? Um. Yeah. Damn. I you know I feel like this is gonna be a good reel right there so you you buy a thousand dollars worth of bitcoin every single day yeah and you've been doing it for how long now over a year <laughs> before i was buying like you know like in not not every day but like every couple of weeks or whatever yeah yeah how yeah. long are you planning on holding it ah good question but uh like for the super super long term you know yeah. i see it uh kind of as like a retirement. So I, I'm not really planning on selling, even if it goes to like 100K, 150, 200, 300. Maybe at one point, you know, I I will sell parts of it and then buy more Bitcoin at a cheaper price later on. <laughs> but uh, let's see. <laughs> I've, never like, about it. Yeah. I've never heard about this strategy. I'll just buy a thousand every day. It's such a rich guy's problem to have. <laughs> it is. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. I mean, what? How do your parents live? Do because sometimes parents are like, "Hey, buy us a house, please." Sometimes yeah. parents are like super old school. They they try to stay the way they are. How is it with yours? 
Yeah, they are, I guess, more more old school, right? Mm. So they uh, they don't want me to buy them a house or whatever. They're like super humble. Even when we go to restaurants and I pay for the bill, they're like, no, you don't have to pay or whatever. Oh, that's cute. Um, yeah, my dad still works on his job. Uh, I offer to retirement and stuff and then, you know, I help my family, of course. Uh, but he he enjoys the job, right? My mom is not working. Um, and yeah, they live in, in Germany in a small town, have their, you know, their own parents. So my grandparents, there. Yeah, uh, and stuff. Yeah, they come so visit you, me here quite a lot. So and just yeah. to clarify that, you have offered them to buy them a house and they declined it. No, no, not, not buying the house, but retiring my dad because they okay. already have house, right? But yeah, <laughs> how, how did that go? <laughs> you did you just send him a WhatsApp message? Hey, by the way, if you want to retire, I got you back. Or how, walk me through yeah, the process. Kind of, kind of like this, you know, when you speak on Zoom, right? And uh, you know, we, we call quite a lot, and then I don't know. <laughs> I don't know exactly how it was. I told it to him multiple times, right? Just whenever it was fitting. By the way, you know, if you want to stop working, don't worry, right? Like easy. Uh, That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a? Do you have siblings? Yes, one uh, younger brother, three years younger, but he's not into entrepreneurship at all. Mm. Uh, he's studying and uh, doing his thing. Yeah, same for my brother. Uh, it's weird. I think they see it's like the role of entrepreneur is taken in the family, and then they want to do something else. I kind of, I felt like the same for my siblings. None of them is in entrepreneurship at all. Yeah. Like almost the opposite. It's like, because I do it, it's like uncool or something like that. Maybe. But I, I also think like not everyone is born to become an entrepreneur. Right. Mm. Um, yeah. Let's talk about that. What sure. do you think? What do you think do you need to be born with in order to be, to be crushing it as an entrepreneur? What means born with like, Oh, good question. Um, you know, some some people just have it, you know, and some don't. It's it's tough to describe, you know. Um, but I guess you know what what I'm talking about. You know, some people they just don't have it, right? Mm. Of course, they can grow into a new person mm. and become the person who can become an entrepreneur, right, and become successful. But for some, it's it's like tougher and harder, especially mm. if you, I think, are already a little bit older. I don't know, like 24, 25, 26, 30, 35, whatever, right? And you for years and years and years have been sticking into this or been with this like one mentality where it's like, hey, go to get a nine to five job, work in there and get a house and da 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 da, da. You have your family, friends, everyone talks about it. Mm. Like they are so into their world and it's super tough to get out, right? You know, I, I have friends from Germany and I they... I'm still uh, super close with them, right? Uh, they're not into entrepreneurship, uh, entrepreneurship at all. But, you know, throughout my journey, I always try to help them and get them into the world too, you know? Yeah, classic. First started my, my theme pages and I started making money with them. Uh, with them. One of the friends that I was in Australia with, I was like, hey man, like start a theme page too. And he got like 80,000 followers, started making money. But the day where I left Australia, he just stopped doing it, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Another friend of mine, he was selling in the direct messages on one of my Instagram theme pages. First month, he made like $2,500 net, net profit, right? And then he stopped. Now, another guy, you know, he 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 was like, hey, man, like, I don't you know, like my job so much and this and that and whatever. Um, can you can you help me, right? And I was sure, man, like, look, you should do this affiliate marketing with Phil's program, right? People are crushing it. We can show you exactly like what to do. You get the program. I got him a discount for Phil's program, right? Not for free because, you know, when someone doesn't pay for anything, they don't take it serious. So yeah. he paid like $1,000 for him. I even gave him one of my theme pages with like 130,000 followers. Like, man, you have the program. You can do affiliate for it. You have 130,000 followers. Let's go. Guess what he did? Nothing, right? So some people, I don't know, like just the drive or whatever is missing, but I think it's okay. You know, you don't have to become an entrepreneur. Another friend of mine, for example, 
um, you know, I also always pushed him to do his own thing, build his own business. He didn't do it, but what he did is he kind of like became self-employed, right? So he doesn't have employees, but he's doing a lot of things in my business on a percentual base and other people's businesses now making 9,000 euros a month working in Germany has a nice apartment travels a lot. It's good. And over the time he develops, um, but, but yeah. A quick interlude. This episode is sponsored by nobody. <laughs> I made my own money. So uh, all you have to do, all I'm really asking you for is to leave a five-star review. Whether you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify, really, please do myself that do me the favor and uh, give us that five-star review. Leave a comment or anything like that. That really helps us rank higher and inspire more people. We're giving out this content for free. So please do that. Thank you so much. And uh, let's keep pushing. GG. So many interesting points that you put there. I feel like, and I've had very similar experiences with getting friends in, like first they reach out to you, like, can you help me? Can you help me? And then you do help them and you help them like a lot. Like you said, you give them discounts. I've even made the mistake of giving my program out for free to friends. It didn't do shit. And I'm always like, I'm always kind of like, again, thinking about the parallels and the differences between me and them. And I'm like, for me, it was like, I never had it easy. I had to fight for every single piece of advice. Like my whole journey was, I had to just eat shit for six months as an unpaid assistant. <clears throat> Couldn't afford food. I had to steal bananas from the store. My who, shoes had holes in them and all that jazz. But I learned. Like, I had to work really hard for that learning. And then, you know, my friends are your friends. They have it so easy because, like, their best buddy is Nicholas yes. Pettit. And, like, yo, could you just help me? Like, do you feel yes. like hardship or having a difficult is a driving factor for some people? Again, what was the question? Do you sorry to rambling? Yeah, uh, do you think that having it difficult or hardship is kind of like a driving factor for people? Do do we need it to be difficult for us to succeed? Yeah, to to some degree, yes, for sure. But uh, they, even for the friends, for example, not you know, uh, my friends, for example, if they would come up to me and be like, "Hey, Niklas, can you help me, you know, build this business and stuff?" Yes, of course, it would still be difficult for them. Right, mm-hmm. um, you know they 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 have their own challenges just on on a, a different way. Um, or when people join up, you know, your coaching program or my coaching program, of course, it's a lot easier than you know if they do everything themselves. But still, you know, there's challenges that they have to overcome and this and that. So I guess it's just part of part of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's needed because when yeah. you learn to overcome challenges, you grow as a person, you get better, you learn new skills, you adapt, you maybe unlearn something that you need to do to grow the business, like throw challenges and difficult things. And that's how you grow and how you make progress in the end. Yeah. it It's maybe it's the break of expectations that, you know, when people are your friends, they're like, okay, well, I will have it so much easier because my friend has done it. And then, like you said, even though they have your help, it's still going to be difficult. And then that's the break of expectation where they're like, oh, I thought it's going to be a breeze. Well, this sucks now. You know, I'm now I'm stuck here and, and I don't want to do it anymore. Oftentimes, it, it is that break of expectations that is really difficult for people to overcome. If they know ahead of time, hey, you're going to suck at this and you're going to struggle with this for X amount of time, I, I think it would be easier for some people to handle. But, yeah. but and I kinda... think it's, it's, I think also it's a lot about identity. You know, mm-hmm. like we both now have the identity of as an entrepreneur. And over the time, you know, you, 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 you get specific beliefs and mindsets and this and that. Like we are entrepreneurs, we do something. But if you're working nine to five job, you go to university for years and years and years, your parents are like, hey, this is how everything needs to be done. You have the news and this and that. And they really have this identity that just holds them back. 
You know, when they then yeah. even come to Dubai, they see the Lambo here, they see the G63, they see us going out for dinner, spending $1,000, living this lifestyle, 300 square meter apartment, this, that, whatever. They're still in the identity of whatever, working nine to five, however you want to call it. And it just like, it doesn't click, you know, it, it doesn't do anything. Yeah. Conversely, I would almost argue that once you have that identity of like, oh, I'm the entrepreneur, that once you run into difficulties, and that's happened with me many times, that mm -hmm. I, you know, we're crushing it. Like first time we made half a million a year, I'm like, wow, like I'm making now a month that I would make like otherwise in like five years or whatever. Yeah. And now you have that identity that you're crushing it, but then inevitably you're running into an obstacle and all of a sudden you're making less than the month before. And you have, you know, you have to fix a bunch of things before you get back on point. But now your identity of like, oh, look at me, I'm crushing on the entrepreneur is actually holding you back again. So it's kind of yeah. like this bubble that constantly has to be plowed through, you know? Yeah, exactly. You always have to grow as a person, develop, adjust, adapt, and to kind of like reinvent yourself, I guess. Yeah. Have you ever had a crazy downtime in any of your business where you're like, okay, fuck, I'm just about to drown here. And then you kind of had to you know, claw yourself back. No, not really. That's beautiful, man. <laughs> so the, the first the first eight months of the journey, I didn't get any re results. You know, I didn't make any money, but I guess it's normal. You know, when you first start, um, you won't get rich overnight, right? Yeah. So for eight <laughs> months, I was kind of like struggling. And then I started making money. Of course, it was ups and downs. You know, mm -hmm. your first 10K month dropped down to, I don't know, like 6K or whatever, down again and then up again and whatever. Like, but no, like every single year I made more money. And mm. uh, yeah. That's beautiful. I've actually had it that uh, I've had years where I made less. I mean, also to be fair, I had to change from one business model to the other twice. Yeah. So first of all, I had to change from the niche, from the dating to the business. And then I, I went from organic to also incorporate more uh, cold traffic stuff. So that's where like a lot of big important lessons, but you know, I'm honestly grateful as hell for that because it makes yeah, me appreciate every single thing that I have. So yeah, like you said, there's ups and downs. Now, one thing I wanted to ask you is like, cause you said like some people have it, some people don't, some people have more of something, some people have less. What is kind of like one thing that you are always looking back to that you've always had where you're like, okay, I'm kind of happy that I've always had X, Y, Z character trait. Yeah. So, so actually like I, I was recently speaking to my mom and uh, she told like stories about when I was small and this and that. And I, I was always this kid that was, that always did whatever he wanted to do. Right. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, for example, when I was younger, every single day I was going out and like playing with friends on the street, doing this and that. And it was so much that it was literally every single day. And at one point my mom was like, Hey, like today, please like, stay at home, chill a little bit. <laughs> and I like broke out of the home and stuff and still went to my friends and met up with them. So I was always this little bit against, you know, um, like, yeah. And then I guess, you know, when I read the book, Richard put it, I always had my own, how do you say in German, you would say eigenen Willen. Yeah. Your own free will. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I always, you know, when I wanted to do something, I just did it. Right. Yeah. And um, same for the entrepreneurship. You know, when I, when I saw this opportunity, I was like, Hey, this is cool. Like I did it. My parents were like, be careful and this and that and whatever. Maybe it's not the right thing. Friends were like stupid, you know, day trading, whatever. But I was like, yeah, like you guys are saying it will, won't, won't work. So now let me go even more all in and show you that it's gonna gonna work, yeah, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's almost like I don't want to I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it's almost like you're you had this obsession that you wanted to go after that, and that's one thing that I see with every single person that has made it in any you know whether it's a pro athlete or you know multiple seven eight figure business, they all had this obsession of like 
they were always easily obsessed with things. Yeah. For me, one of the biggest obsessions, the first obsession that I've had was video games. I know you touched upon Same. it earlier. Same. <laughs> there was no, oh, let me play an hour. It was like, let me play all night. Yes, same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what kind of games did you play? I mean, you're like a generation of games after me, I think. Yeah. So it was like League of Legends, Minecraft mm. when I was younger, mm. uh, stuff like this. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely it's exactly one generation after me. For me, it was more like Final Fantasy, Metal Gear Solid, World of Warcraft. Like I was freaking, I think 12 or 13 when World of War. No, actually 14, 15 when it came out. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was you know because you had to pay for it it was the first freaking game where you had to pay a subscription for it and yeah. you know me being a broke teenager i'm like 16 dollars per month are you crazy but of course i was in that man i remember just like i missed the bus on the way home from school and it was like six kilometers i'm at my school six kilometers away from home and i'm like fuck this i gotta go play world of warcraft so i'm just gonna walk and I calculated, like, if I started walking now, I would be home, like, 10 minutes before the next bus. <laughs> so I was like, fuck it. 10 minutes it is. Let's go. And uh, it's weird because a lot of gamers that were huge into gaming, like, especially competitive gaming, like, for your case, League of Legends, but also things like Counter-Strike, they ended up yeah. crushing it with business. There's some yeah. really interesting parallel there as well. Like, some of, the, uh, of our head coaches, uh, Roberto, he's been with us for over a year now. Okay, maybe I shouldn't talk about this, but um, when he applied to become a coach in our program, basically a customer support uh, client success manager, I just read his CV and it, I stopped reading it like ex-professional gamer. And I think it was also League of Legends. He literally was a pro gamer in, in Brazil for like three, four years. And I'm like, I want to hire this guy. Because I knew, like, you're not going to be a pro, pro gamer unless you grind, unless yeah. you're absolutely obsessed with something. And he's crushing it with our clients. It's just such an important thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was the same for me. You know, when I was gaming, not just one hour, but like all in ten hours a day until middle of the night. <laughs> but then it was the same in business. You know, when I started the business, yeah. it wasn't like, let me work one hour on the business. No. Like, let me work until 3, 4, 5 a.m. in the night. And then school starts at 7.30. Okay, fuck it. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Do you still play? No. Not Zero. Wrong? No. Zero. Damn. Just wait. Just give it a couple more years. Exactly oh, maybe, the... maybe, maybe I won't get back to it. But Yeah. Uh... <laughs> I, I, just, I didn't play for like, I think, seven or eight years. And then I kind of, I consider myself gotten back to it. But then at the same time, I'm like, I look at whenever I boot up the PlayStation and I look at my last save and it was like four months ago. And I'm like, shit, I play every four months for a freaking hour. <laughs> but it doesn't even feel like that. Time just flies so damn quickly, man. It's fucking epic. But um, I recommend it. Like if you don't play video games for a while and then you get back, they got a lot better. And you're like, holy shit. Like, okay. wow, like look at the grass. Holy shit, this looks so good. Like I play Hogwarts Legacy now and I'm like, this is just a huge world. Like, what the fuck? You can run around. There's, it doesn't end. I'm not, yeah. you, you know, like when I played video games, it was just a wall. You, you, you could just couldn't pass through anymore. This whole open world thing was completely freaking different, man. <laughs> but yeah, man, good times. I recommend you get into it at some point, man. At some point. Um. So, what are your plans now in terms of uh, Christmas holiday, blah blah blah? Are you just gonna stay in uh, in Dubai, or are you gonna go back to uh, Germany again? Yeah, so Dubai for the next, I guess, uh, one month, one and a half, right? Uh, family's coming. 
probably for like uh, three weeks visiting me here in Dubai. And then for Christmas, just back to Germany, spend time with the family. We'll go skiing in Austria. uh, Yes. Yes. (laughs) Austria is good. And then back to, yeah, I have like masterminds here too, I think. Um, And yeah, after, let's see. Epic, man. Where are you going skiing in Austria? Not sure yet. It's not fixed. All right. What about you? Where do you spend Christmas? Um, Actually, so usually I've always spent Christmas at home in Austria, but now since last year and this year, I'm going to spend Christmas with my girlfriend here in Finland. Nice. Uh, Yeah, because she's an only child. Her parents have basically no one else other than her. So we usually spend Christmas Eve, like the 24th with um with her parents and then we fly on the 25th 26th to austria and then celebrate there again with my family and um it's cool because i don't know how it is for you in germany but like i need snow for christmas man like if there's no snow i'm like what the hell is that yeah yeah yeah. uh, yeah, um (laughs) and and finland is like uh, guaranteed for snowing right now like (laughs) literally right now it's snowing and, uh, you know, I was in Cyprus earlier, so I'm like full on, like still in summer mode and I'm so hyped that it's cold now and there's snow. And, um, yeah, so, so we have the white Christmas here and it's cool because, you know, her family are typical Finns. They're like very, hello, like super s- s- just no emotions, which I love. I can, cause when I meet people and they have these fake emotions they're like fake nice i'm like that's weird right same you know you you probably know this like we germans and austrians we're very similar we're just like normal emotions right we're not fake emotions so with her parents i feel very much at home because i know they're not faking anything they're just very down to earth they're very cool we always eat steak and stuff like that for christmas christmas so you know i'm a simple guy (laughs) (laughs) steak for christmas that's good (laughs) all day man all day you've ever been to finland no never it's actually not bad especially if you go up to the north uh uh, lapland it's in the arctic circle we were there we went there last year i think or was it this year no it must have been last year and uh you know we saw the northern lights and stuff like that like got one of these igloo hotel things it's incredible like northern lights are fucking awesome nice Um, yeah one thing i really recommend you man and you can do things like uh um what is it called with with the dogs that are that are yeah, pulling I, I the sleigh? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it looks it looks it looks super good. You know, you yeah. sometimes you see it on Instagram like Finland and stuff. Yeah, uh, the northern lights and the dogs and this and everything, the igloos. Uh, it looks cool. Hell yeah, I can recommend. And that's where I started eating meat again. Uh, <laughs> I've been vegetarian for twelve years, and then I started eating reindeer meat. And I looked at the macros because I know you're in the yeah. fitness as well. And I'm like wait a minute, this is this is just a piece of meat and it has like pure protein and just a little bit of fat. This is amazing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So what do you do for uh, fitness? Because I, I can see that you're clearly into health and stuff like that as well. Like run me a little bit through your, uh, through your routines here. Yeah, sure. So I have like a fitness coach, like health and nutrition performance coach um, who, who helps with like, and a personal trainer. Um, so two to, to people having helping with fitness. And yeah, fitness-wise, I just try to go to the gym as often as possible, mm-hmm. uh, three, four times a week. And then I do a lot of, uh, what means cardio, but like steps. I have like a treadmill here, right? Ah, so my man. Like a walking desk, yes. Every That's morning. the best. Yeah, yeah, it's good. All the calls usually, like podcasts, mm-hmm. not calls throughout, but like calls, I'm doing it from the treadmill. Yes. Uh, morning, first hour or two, uh, I do my work from there. Often at the beach, a couple of times per week, getting sun today, yeah. actually. Uh, I hope I didn't get like a little sunburn. Oh, well, it's good. <laughs> um, but yeah, the beach, getting steps in, and then going to the gym, 
uh, eating wise, it's just a lot of meat, uh, two steaks a day or something, a lot of no eggs, Dude. 10 to 15 eggs, You're the same. Berries. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes sushi, maybe that's it. That's yeah. exactly what I do, man. Like everyday yeah. steaks, two steaks, uh, two steaks and five eggs for breakfast. The rest is chicken and fruit. Um, yeah. and steps. Do you do 10 K or how many do you do? 15. Damn, so I, was, steps, man. I, I try to get 15, right? I don't do it every single day, but yeah, t I was speaking to Ty and he was like, hey, 10 is too less. You should do 15. Wow. Eight, eight, 18 is too much because then he was like, you burn muscle, but 15 is perfect. 15 is a sweet spot, huh? Damn, man, you got me there. Okay, all right, 15K. Because I recently I hear this more and more that it's like, yeah, 10 is nice. Uh, my buddy, uh, Gregor Gallagher, shout out, Kino Body. He's also like, yeah, try to aim for 15, at the very least do 12 and a half. And I'm like, and I'm like dicking around on 10k, and I'm like, okay, all right. And now hearing it from you as well, all right, 15k it is from now on. Let's go. Um, yeah. The the treadmill desk is also game changer, man. It's just like it you is. wake up in the morning, you do a call, boom, you got 4,000 steps in already. It's exactly. Yeah. yeah. Support. Game sure. changer, man. Game changer. So, what is your what does your day to day life look like? Like, do you have a daily routine, morning routine, evening routine? No, not really. Like to some degree, yes. But when I first started, I had like daily routines and this and that. But now, to be honest, it's like, what means quite chill. Like I don't have like a super strict day or whatever. I wake up whenever I want, right, without an alarm clock. Sometimes, you know, when, when it's busy and there's a new project or whatever. Uh, yes, I do. Or when I when I just work until sometimes 4 or 5 a.m. in the night. When there's a new project, I do wake up with an alarm clock. But usually, no, I just go to bed at 12, wake up at 8 around this time. Uh, and then I get uh, right to work to the computer. Uh, you know, at the beginning there's a little bit of maintenance stuff. You know, things that have to get done every single day in the business. Can something simple like answering WhatsApp messages, right? Communicating mm -hmm. with the team, uh, checking you know, if stuff gets done. And then after it's it's progress work. Uh, and then depending you know on what I what I need to do, or, you know, I work on it. Um, sometimes it's just an hour. Sometimes it's five hours, ten hours, fifteen hours a day um always depends right and then you know in the evening i go out with friends a lot um can almost every evening i'm out here in dubai restaurants and stuff yeah what's progress work exactly progress work so yeah like for work also something i learned from thai you can divide like work into two things maintenance stuff that you have to maintain that you have to do every single day so for example in the business i don't know every day, single day a broadcast has to go out content on instagram has to go out influencer mm -hmm. promo has to go out whatsapp messages need to be answered but then you have progress work, which could, for example, be, I don't know, recording new Facebook ads or paid ads mm. or building a new funnel, new offer, implementing something in the back end, mm. adjusting the CRM, right? And he, he he was like, hey, it's best to separate both things mm. into maintenance work at the beginning, right? Of the day, you get it done every single day. And then after you have progress, and depending on how much you want to work, you can do one, two, three tasks, whatever. But time was also... Like worst, yeah. Ty was also like to me, like, hey, you shouldn't be more uh, more than three hours in the office. Um, mm. Yeah. He was like, hey, like, the way how he does it and what he advises, you know, if, if you're more than three hours in the office, you're doing something wrong. So he was wow. like, hey, at the beginning of the day, you know, in the office, treadmill, do your steps, three hours of progress work, right? Just get stuff done and before one hour maintenance. But then after, you know, uh, you have different phases of like hard work, you have medium work, soft work, and light work, right? And he was like, the hard work, you do it early in the morning and you just do the progress and the maintenance stuff from your desk, from your computer. But after, hey, you know, you can go to the beach, walk there, answer WhatsApp messages from there, communicate with the team. Uh, you can even go with friends, go to restaurants, do light work over there from the phone, 
mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. But it depends, you know, it's not every day like this. When we have something new, a project that we need to get done, it's 15 hours a day. Right. So this is also not a problem. Yes. Yeah. It's so beautiful that you mentioned that, that there's work doesn't always equal work. And I, I'm also what you mentioned earlier. It's like, if you're new to entrepreneurship and you're kind of used to this rigid structure of like this nine to five mindset of like, Hey, you're getting paid if you show up at nine and you go home at five and, and then oftentimes that translates over into the business when they're starting a business of like, Oh, I worked eight hours on my business today. And then, but what did you do? During these eight hours, it's just you dicked around here, you scrolled around here, and it's like you're not really efficient with it. So that's why I loved what you said there that there's different kinds of work. There's needle movers, you call it progress work, where you you do this once, it's setting up new systems, hiring a key staff member, shooting new ads, and so on and so forth. And then there's then there's um, maintenance works that you have to do all the time. And then there's kind of like dicking around work, which is just like you're saying that you're doing something just for the sake of doing something. It's an easy, like low, um, uh, low resistance task, just so you can tell yourself that you did in the hours. Yeah. But the the problem is that many people have to learn, especially when the beginning is like, you're not getting paid for the fucking hours. You're getting yeah. paid for the progress that you're making for the value that you're creating for the sales that you're making. And that's hard for some people to understand at first. They might understand on a logical level, but they haven't internalized it yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. And also focusing on the right things. You know, yeah. to give an example for me now in the business, there's always like, I don't know, 50 things I could do to grow the business. Mm-hmm. You know, you could do this new offer, this new funnel, this new email, adjust this, pay that, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, there's only like two, two things basically that move the needle. And if I focus on them, we'll have a new record month. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's so important to learn this prioritizing. That's like one of the things that is like such a critical lesson that a lot of people just fail. And that's yeah. where they kind of find themselves in the business, not on the business, you know, like the the, the classic description of things. Um, how do you how do you prioritize your own tasks? Do you sometimes fall into like, ah fuck, I just kept myself busy here? Or how, mm-hmm. how do you do that? Yeah, yeah, for sure for, for sure. Um, but how do I prioritize? So I I, I have my two tasks like influencer marketing and the content on Instagram. Like those are the main things. If they are in place, the business grows and makes money, right? At least for the personal brand and for the for the coaching, the the, the consulting uh, perspective. And that automatically also grows all the other things. Like, yeah. you know, agency stuff, the theme pages, shout outs, this, that, consulting club, the the the, the masterminds or where we partner with e-learning business owners. Um, the, if I focus on this, everything grows, right? Uh, but then, yeah, like regarding prioritizing all the other stuff, I don't know, I guess what you have to do is you just know like, hey, this is a priority and this isn't. I guess it's 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 common sense. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. What is like if you look back at your at your life, have you ever because this is definitely something that a lot of people probably ask you personally, mm-hmm. have you ever been in a situation where you got burnt out or were you about to burn out? Um if so, how did you catch yourself? How did you balance things out? Yeah, burnout. No, I, I I don't know if you could call this a burnout, but no, I don't I don't think so. The I never had a problem with working a lot. Um, and the the, the first time, where well, the only time and first time where I started questioning things was after I hit my first one hundred thousand dollar month, right? So I started my journey, and at the beginning, the only goal was money. 
right? I want to get rich. I want to make money. I want to make 10K, 20K, 30K, 40K a month. At the beginning, the goal was 10K, but then I realized, hey, with 10K, you can't do much. You have expenses, this, that, whatever. I got to 30K, still realized, hey, 30K, it's nice, but it's not life-changing, right? Uh, and then I was, okay, $100,000, I did the math. You know, that's when everything is going to be perfect. And for like two or three years, I was working towards it. And then yeah. at the beginning of 2020, I hit the first $100,000 month, right? And I thought, hey, like when I achieve this, everything is going to be perfect. And it was nice for one or two weeks. But then I was like, okay, what's next, right? You know, you buy some nice clothes and this and that, car, whatever, go to hotels. But, and then then you want to, I wanted to go get back to work. And I was like, okay, next is 250K a month. And then I realized and asked myself, okay, but why? You know, mm. and I started questioning, you know, mm. okay, why more money? You know, um, and that, 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 that continued for like, two months or something where I was like really questioning everything. I was like thinking, okay, like, okay, goals, like before money was driving me, but then, you know, you start asking yourself the stupid questions, like, why am I not happy and this and that and whatever, you know, um, Sam Ovens talks about it in his program. Um, when, and, and then, you know, I got into like bad routines, right. Stayed up late at that time. I was still gaming until five, 6 AM in the morning, eating pizzas, burgers, not going <laughs> to the gym and whatever. And it was like a little bit of this like downward spiral, right. And then I was asking, why am I not motivated anymore and whatever. And that continued for like a month too. It wasn't something like super huge. Business was still running. Everything was cool. Like I, I wasn't de depressive or whatever, you know, but it was a phase where motivation was gone for some time. Right. Mm. Um, and where I was questioning things. Yeah. Not a burnout or, or something, but uh, yeah. Yeah. And you know, yeah. I always say the only thing worse than not reaching your dreams is to reach your dreams and knowing nothing has changed. Um, <laughs> And for me, it was similar that for me, it was like my first million. I was like, okay, now I have it, but what do I do with it? And yeah. for me, it was less of like, I felt, I think it, I felt it less than you did. For me, it was like, yeah, whatever. I'll just keep working until I figure it out. Yeah. And then I just, I just kept working. And then I kind of realized, um, for me, it was really like, I looked back. So it's like, okay, now I made a million. And it's just lying around. And however, I was also really happy when I was an, a broke assistant because I was on the journey. And then I realized, that, okay, hold on a second, Max. Like you've always just enjoyed the process. So you've reached that goal for you was 100K exactly. a month. Um, well, why don't you just enjoy the process? Like just keep enjoying exactly. the process. Um, and then what I really loved is like you said like why, right? Yeah. And I get this a lot nowadays where people are like, what drives you? Like, why yeah. do you want to do these things? And I'm like, I kind of sure you have these explanations of like, I want to serve people. I want to be there for my family. I want to build a legacy. I want to, you know, have more investments. I want to do this or I want to buy X, Y, Z. But then at the same time, I'm, I'm more like, why not? Like, why yeah. wouldn't I? Um, yes. I love what I do. It's fucking awesome. And the side effect of what I do, like, you know, for example, like if you like, eating pizza all day, playing video games. That's cool, right? So there's there's probably people that enjoy eating pizza, playing video games as much as I enjoy business, but their side effect is they're getting lazy and fat. My side effect of doing what I love is I make more money. I help more people. I grow a bigger brand. I support more people and I have all these nice side effects. I'm getting healthier and so on and so forth. So <laughs> to get back from the ramble here, what do you say when people ask you why? When people are when people ask me why, why I do what I do, it's basically yeah. just do cool stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And enjoy the journey. You know, every day is amazing. I, I tap dance out of bed. I'm excited for it. And I just want to do cool things and build my life 
in a better and smarter way, not just in business, but you know, every everything, right? Business isn't also just about making money, but making it in a smart way, you know, optimizing things, the structure of your company, how you work with employees, da, 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 yeah. da, what you're into. And there's always something that you can improve on and get better. And yeah, the 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 wise just, you know, build a better and more amazing life for my future family and for myself and enjoy the, the journey along the way and do awesome things. Yes. Amen, man. Amen. You know, it's so freaking cool that when, when you're meeting someone, we have such similar backgrounds, right? Germany, Austria, uh, online business, blah, blah, blah. Young guys, we like fitness, we like cars and all that jazz. And it's so cool when you're meeting people that are, that are like-minded and uh, I'm just, I'm just fr freaking grateful. Like I want to keep, I want to mention it here at this part of the podcast as well. Like I haven't done any networking at all since 2011 or 2012. So I did this whole dating thing. I started getting into it. And for me, net, that was kind of like a, you know, how do we say like a, 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 a wrong mindset, like a, a non-conducive mindset that I had like Glaubenssatz, yeah, negative Glaubenssatz, how we would say it in English in German. So for me, it was like, I created this negative mindset about networking once I started getting into this dating coaching thing, because for me, it was like, okay, networking is just a bunch of dudes that are going to come over to you and they want to leech value. They want to ask you questions, get on your nerves. And then I subconsciously carried this mindset within me for literally until this year. And then this year I started doing the podcast just like, I don't know, I, I like Joe Rogan. I want to yeah. do something like Joe Rogan. So I started talking to people. And then one of the first guests that I've had was, was Christoph Heuermann from Staatenlos. I don't know if you know him. No. Cool. A crazy guy. <laughs> he's been uh he's been to every single country in the world. He's a 32 years old now. Every single country like got kidnapped in Sudan and crazy shit like that. Um and um and he he helps people with uh, uh tax optimization. So he helps you know expats like us move to places like Dubai, Cyprus, and so on. Cool guy. Yeah. Shout out to Chris Verman. And at the end of the podcast, he invited me to his yearly event. Uh, where he basically celebrates his birthday. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, thanks for the invite. Probably not going to come. Then I talked to my CMO, Robin, and you probably have relationships like that as well. as, as like my CMO is kind of always like the counterpole. Like I'm more the dreamer and I have the vision. And he's more like the, hey, you should do this. You should do that. And he kind of vetoes my shitty ideas and so on and so forth. So this is counterpole. And he said, dude, you got to go there because there's that and that and that person. You should fucking network more. And then I'm like, ah, fine, I'll do it. And then, you know, Every single time I talked to someone there, it was like a really awesome person like you. And then I'm like, okay, holy shit, this is fucking awesome. And then I started doing podcasts, get more and more people. And now I get to talk to some really cool person like you here, for example. So that's really, really, really fucking valuable. I just want to leave this here for all the podcast listeners and viewers. Like, don't underestimate, don't underestimate networking. It can be very, very awesome, especially if you have a thing like a podcast. Um, especially also on the entrepreneurial journey, right? You you meet yes. so many interesting and cool people who do different things, who think differently. And uh, I think it's one of the most amazing parts of being an entrepreneur is the people that you meet. Yeah, yeah 100%. Well, who is like one of the, did you ever have a moment where you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm meeting XYZ person. I'm so grateful I did. Do you have any specific person that you met like that? For example, with Ty. Yeah. Nice. That was like, what the fuck is going on? Because I've been following him for like since 2016, right? Watched all of his podcasts, literally every single one, basically. Not every single one, but like 
in Australia every single evening, two or three hours listening to podcasts, programs, this and that. Oh, so then hanging out, you know, in Cannes with him, spending all the time with him, his family, uh, doing a project together. That was like, what's going on? <laughs> it's such a mind fuck when you're like, that's the guy I used to learn from. And now I'm like hanging out with him. Yes. Like, damn. Do you, uh, do you write a journal? Do you have a diary or something like that? Um, yes. So a lot. I, I write what means a lot, like not every single day, but, uh, yes, I do write things down, plan out the future, uh, do kind of like after action reviews about the past. And one thing I've been doing for almost two years now, whenever there was something in my life, whether it's good or something bad or a challenge or whatever, I just took my phone and recorded like a little video and like oh. started putting all of my thoughts into the video. And I have like 15 videos or something now about like achievements and this and that, but also challenges that I have like personally, privately. Uh, and some videos are like 20, 30, 40 minutes. And then, you know, I'm continuing to do it. And in 10 years or something, I'll just have everything documented. And that's kind of like a journal. But on top, you know, I write down a lot, do after action reviews. Um, yeah. That is such a sick idea, man. I, I do diary. I write it down. But yeah. videos, I mean, why don't I just do a damn video? It's much cooler. You know, like when yeah, they make yeah. a Netflix documentary about Nicholas Petty, you know, you got the footage. <laughs> you <laughs> <Exactly>. know. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that just blew my mind. My, I mean, yeah, why don't I mean I do everything via video, anyways. Might as yeah. well shoot a video for myself. And you just put it on a local hard drive or G drive or something like that. I have it on my phone now, but yeah, I mean, at one point I could put it on a uh, on a drive. Yeah, yeah, but super yeah. easy. Sometimes you're in the evening in the bed, you have thoughts about the business or whatever. Just put the phone record 30, 40 minutes, whatever. Hell yeah. yeah. Damn, fuck. That's such a good idea, man. When they make a Martin Scorsese movie about Nicholas Petty life, who do you want to play you? Oh, I don't know. No idea. I'm zero into like movies and actors. I don't know any name. <laughs> no idea. You got you to pick one. Anyone, you know? Literally no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, um, come on. Martin Scorsese movies are amazing. You don't even need to be too much into movies. Uh, Martin Scorsese movies. I can recommend the hell out of those. Um, okay. So you, you, you don't think... Um, do you want to ever like write a book like at the end of your career, you know, you're 70, 80, do you want to write a book? Do you want to bring out a documentary or anything like that? Or is that something that you're not into? Maybe we'll see. Yeah. I, I could see myself writing a book at one point. Yeah. What is it going to be about? The journey and the mindset and basically life lessons, you know, because along the way of being an entrepreneur, you, you learn so many things that you, for example, wish you knew when you first got started beliefs the ways of thinking habits whatever little life hacks you know like getting a personal concierge or yeah can can be you know tiny things and just putting everything into like one book and that would be cool and i guess you know over the next i don't know 30 40 years i will learn so many other things and then uh you know just having all those life hacks lessons mindsets learnings whatever in one place uh could be cool yes hell yeah man hell yeah so it would be more like a practical book with like autobiographical elements in it. Yeah. Something mm -hmm. in this direction. Yeah. Is there still a place where you say, I want to visit that place or I want to live there? Cause you've, you've done a lot of traveling already. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. So I, I want to check out this whole area, like Copenhagen, Helsinki, Finland, and this and that. Um, yeah, that's, that's next. Oh, you've never been Copenhagen? No, no, oh. no. Damn, Ty, yeah. Ty is always talking about it. He's like, man, you should check out Copenhagen and get a place there and this and that. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, 
I know why. <laughs> I know Ty's preferences. Uh, yeah, it's. I can really recommend it. I mean, it's colder, um, but it's similar to Japan in terms of like peak civilization. It's like very, very clean, very safe. Uh, people nice. are very, you know, it's it's. I mean, less adventurous than places like Thailand, for example, but. It's still very, very beautiful there, and people are extremely well educated. Everybody speaks English and stuff like that. Plus, of course, um, the culture is great, especially uh, if you're into deer meat. Uh, there's so many epic restaurants where you can eat deer, uh, reindeer, moose, and so on and so forth. Especially in Finland, um, and of course, if you're ever around there, man, hit me up. Uh, if I'm if I'm close by, I'll fly out and we'll hang out and all that jazz. Sounds good. You've also mentioned cars. Yes. What about those? Do you have any? Which ones you have? What's your dream car? Yeah, I have two cars, like a Lamborghini Huracan and uh, nice. a Mercedes G63 AMG. Yeah. Nice, man. Nice, man. What What made you get the Huracan and not the Aventador? Because, uh, so the Aventador is also nice, but and probably I will get one in the future too. Um, <laughs> I like that mindset. But yeah, for the, for the beginning, uh, the Huracan was perfect. And uh, actually, it's easier and nicer and softer to drive yeah. in the everyday life, right? Yeah. The Huracan is even faster than the Aventador. And the Aventador is just like bigger and like heavier, you know, heavier and whatever. And it makes more problems also with the, I'm not sure what the English word is, the engine or whatever. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah a v- it's a V12, right? And the Huracan is yeah. a V10, I think. Yes. The yeah, Huracan yeah. is more reliable and better for like everyday and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it's just more fun. Yeah, it's also the Huracan has a dual clutch or double clutch or what it's called, and the Aventador doesn't. So I mean, you know, when you floor the Huracan, it just like it instantly shifts, yeah. and and the Aventador doesn't have it. So it takes about half a second for the gear shift to kick in. So if you're flooring it first, it pushes you back, then it then the clutch engages, then it pushes you forward, and then it pushes you back again. The only thing though that I just think is so sad about the Huracan is that it doesn't have the, the what is it, the suicide doors? The ones that go up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. True. I'm that like, would be sick. Such a missed opportunity, you know? I would I would pay 100K more just to get the doors to go up like this. You know? Yeah, so cool, for sure. <laughs> yeah. How is it? How is the, go ahead. It would be nice to have, like, a great version of the Spider, like, with open roof and stuff. I'm not the biggest fan of this. Uh, what, what What's the, the English word? Uh, in German, you say Stoffdach. Yeah, yeah. Uh, soft, soft uh, roof, I think it's called. Or so. I mean, yeah. I'm not even a car expert. But uh, <laughs> anyways. Uh, yeah, man. Cool. Did you... Here's the thing. The, what we did in Tokyo, we checked out the underground scene, like the Tokyo Drift underground scene with the craziest freaking cars. Um, did you check that out when you were in Japan? No, no, we didn't. Oh man, if when you go there next time and you want to check it out, I can send you like all the secret locations and stuff like that. Yes. They basically have every Saturday, they have um, a huge tuning meeting uh, at Daikoku, uh, which is like an area. It's like, uh, I think it's in Yokohama. It's a little bit outside of uh, Tokyo. And mm-hmm. it's basically like a, a highway parking area, it's just a huge parking spot. And like every night around 11 p.m., I mean, I'm literally just giving away the <laughs> giving away the secrets. Uh, you can go there and you'll see the craziest freaking cars. And then they start drifting. There's like one street where they do the drifting until the cops come. But um, <laughs> that was really a huge because 
it, w- it was a huge, crazy experience because it's very different from what we do with European cars because we're all about the stock cars, right? Like you buy your Lamborghini, you don't fuck around with it. Like exactly, I, you don't modify your Lamborghini oh. or Ferrari. You just buy the damn, you know. Maybe you put an extra exhaust in, like like Nikki Bra. Yes. Shout out, but that's it. And and in Japan, it's like weird if you don't do it. They're like, what do you mean stock? You bought it stock? Like what the fuck? Where's the modification? Uh-huh. Um. Yeah. So they're hugely in, in, in modifying cars. Plus, of course, I mean, I've seen some modified Lamborghinis there and they do crazy stuff with it. But what they mostly do is they just buy, you know, Nissan GTRs, Nissan Skylines, Mitsubishi Evos, and they just do their magic on it. And it's just such a nerdy thing because they put so much love into their cars and you can really tell. And that's, you know, a nice contrast. <clears throat> but um, yeah, how's the how's the Mercedes? How do you that's like good. it? Perfect, love it. Dream car, yes. Yeah, you have uh, both in, in in Dubai, or do you have one of them in Germany? No, no, both of them in Dubai. Yeah. When you, when you go to Germany, you just rent a, a nice car, or how do you do it? No, so I bought my mom a car three years ago for Christmas, or nice. surprised her with one. So whenever I'm in Germany, <laughs> there's a car waiting. That is so sick. <laughs> what what car did you buy her? It's a X three or five BMW, something okay. like this. I'm not sure if it's a three or five. Yeah. All right. Nice. So did you did you put like a big um um what is it called in English like a schlaufe what is it called in English like a, you know, what you put on yeah, presents I know what you mean. this this thing on top yeah no, did I, you put a huge thing? actually not. the way the way how I did it, it was Christmas and I took the car key and I put it into like a box of AirPods right oh so she thought she's getting AirPods then opened the whole thing up and then there was a car key inside yes damn man <laughs> that's freaking beautiful man I yeah, mean. So- you know, you you've mentioned so many times you're um you're an X mastermind, Y mastermind, so you're in so many masterminds. Do you still have uh, free content that you say like, oh, I love watching X Y Z channel, or is it for you that you basically just say, fuck the free content, uh, I'm just gonna buy the mastermind right away? What's your take on that? No, there's good free content for sure, uh, but I I don't take a look at content like that 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 much anymore. I used to a lot in the past, every podcast from time, isn't that? I still do now, like every day I'll take a look at some content, but not like in an extreme way. You know, sometimes there's a video from Ty or something in the memos area that I take a look at. Ty is a lot that I take a look at, right? Or sometimes a video pops up on, on, on the YouTube feed that I check out or something, there's something specific that I want to learn and I, then I check it out. But there's not really like one specific podcast or so that I'm following or one specific person. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the knowledge is honestly just through like, networking and people that i surround myself with right so all the people that i'm hanging out with they are super what means all of them not all of them of course but a big network of the, the entrepreneurs and people i have here in dubai are like super high level right into like marketing and this and that eight nine figures people like ty you know we speak every month and then i have i don't know business partners at consulting club they they took this uh bashar guy maybe you know him on instagram yeah yeah zero, they, they, they built the whole brand for him from zero to 2.7 million followers and over 20 million collected in under two years. So and, and there's so many great people in the network. And when there's stuff that I want to learn, and, and I hang out with them a lot every day, kind of like. So every day it's, you know, you learn something new, catch yeah. something. Yeah. And then I have like one-on-one mentors like Ty or this guy when it comes to health and stuff. I have a travel coach or a guy that I'm doing calls with. Um, yeah, books I do read sometimes, not so much, but yeah. You do audiobooks as well? Yes. What are you listening to right now? Right now? Right now, nothing. 
I was uh, mm -hmm. watching one pro the, the program from Thai, 150 Buddy. That's one I was. Uh, that's what I'm listening to, to currently. Yeah. Oh, what's that? One 150 Buddy is it about bodybuilding or what is it? Mm, it's about health, nutrition, ah, lifestyle, ah. everything. Yeah. No shit. Yeah, he got pretty freaking big. Like I remember once he stopped, once he moved to the the farm that he had, like every couple months he did one quick story, and I'm like, damn, this guy got big, man. Yeah. <laughs> who's your um who's your fitness coach? If you may shout him out or I'm not sure if you're allowed to. His name is Maurice, but okay. he's like super undercover or whatever. Mm. Yeah. And then I have one personal trainer here in Dubai, a Serbian guy. His name is Dushan. Yes. Dushan, shout out to the homies. So how did you meet Maurice? How because you say he's underground, like undercover kind of guy? Through a friend. Yeah. Mm. All right, yes. all right. And he and he's basically specialized, I suppose, entrepreneurs who are crushing it and so on and so forth. He's just getting started. Like he he's getting started online now too. And yes, he wants to work with entrepreneurs and this and that, help them uh, with with performance, kind of like how Nikki is doing it. Um, yeah, not out. <laughs> so you know Nikki Bra as well, I guess. Yeah, of course. Yeah, nice man, nice man. I mean, dude, it's 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 so crazy that it's like again parallels and contrasts. The parallels are always that every time I talk to someone who's crushing, who's making a lot of money, they're also super into nutrition. They're yeah. super into health. With the only exception, two exceptions, is that's number one, uh, RSD Tyler, shout out. He's still fat, but he's crushing it. <laughs> there's <laughs> and, always some exceptions. There's yeah, always two. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and Derek, uh, Derek Moneyberg, same for him. Because uh, I remember I met him like years ago. And he's, he all of a sudden gained a lot of weight. And I'm like, bro, what's yeah. going on? And he's like, oh, just for one year, going to make some business things going. And then I'm going to lose weight. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not much in touch with him anymore. But every time I see a video, I'm like, nope, still fat. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> what's, what's your biggest learning the last couple of years, business-wise, and then separately from that, like personally? Um, yeah, that's a good question. <clears throat> Business-wise, I, I really have to say, as weird as it sounds, like networking is really huge. Like like yeah. you said, like the biggest lessons that I've gotten were not from books or masterminds, although yeah. from masterminds a lot. But for masterminds, is more like um, progressive learning. You join a mastermind to like, hey, can you guys teach me how to build uh, the, the sales team culture, right? Yeah. So it's more like a progress or like a gradual progress. And But when you hang out with, with other people, it's just like small epiphanies. Where yeah. you're like, holy shit. Like the thing you said earlier, it's like, I just make a video and I'm documenting it like that. I'm like, fuck, that's so fucking genius. Um, so the networking was, I think, my my most recent lesson of like, hey man, like if you just sit in your metaphorical basement and you're working by yourself and you're only focusing on your team, you're missing out on a lot of crucial and interesting conversations. And there's so many cool people out there. And it's not a competition, you know, like every, like yeah. if someone else is crushing it, that, that can be hugely beneficial for you and it's good for them. And, it, and it's, it's just, you know, there's enough pieces for, of the pie. And then the other thing is also, I'm sure you can tell that more than anyone else at some point when you're scaling from multiple seven to eight figures, it's only about the people in your company. Sure. It's about marketing. Sure. It's about, you know, cost per lead and all yeah. that jazz, but like a mass majority is about the fucking people that you hire about how you serve those people, about who you put in what position and how you can give them anything that everything they need in order to thrive. So yes. at some point you have to kind of let go of this idea of like, 
it's just me and I can compensate for everything by working hard myself. It's like, no, motherfucker, you can work super hard yourself and get to, you know, maybe 100K a month, but eventually you have to extrapolate that skill onto other people. And if exactly. you don't, and if you don't know how to manage people, motivate people, uh, negotiate with people, you're never going to make it. And yeah. and that was a huge lesson that I've had over the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think until 100K a month, you can kind of like do everything yourself and yeah. maybe with a few, few freelancers and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then it's really about just building a great team, you know? Amen. Yeah. Amen. And and then personal, I've been, I've been, I mean, I've always learned so many personal lessons. I mean, that's kind of how I built my first business in the dating advice. It was all just like personal, interpersonal connections and stuff like that. Uh, one thing that I really realized more and more, especially this year, was the idea of serving people also in my personal life, like serving my mother, serving my father, serving my girlfriend, serving my just regular friends. Um, that's the sentence, the epiphany I had word by word is um, you need to serve people. You serve them with all your heart and all your energy and everything you got. So when the time comes, they can carry you. And And that was kind of like, ingrained into my brain that it's all about servitude and now i kind of realize it more and more when really successful people talk about that of like hey i'm just a servant and i was always like yeah it's just marketing they say that but and then i'm like no no hold on a second really is like that um a true leader is not someone who gets everything for them a true leader is someone who gives everything yeah and and that was kind of like a huge lesson for me okay nice cool yeah, man. And um, you mentioned earlier that you know it's it's it that you agreed that uh, you know if you want to go above one hundred k, you got to hire the right people and so on and so forth. How is your business kind of structured right now? It's you, then I'm assuming CMO, uh, chief sales executive officer, and so on and so forth. Like, give us some insight into that if if you're allowed to. Yeah, yeah sure. So basically, I run the two, uh, the business together with a business partner. Uh, his name is Luca. Uh, I'm on the the front end, right? The the personal brand, and I do a lot of the fun stuff, marketing stuff, or the strategy behind it, this and that. He's more of like a tech guy, you know, building the CRM, uh, building I don't know the funnel pages, connecting everything, and doing stuff with like UTM sources and this and that, and like building all these crazy things. And yeah, we basically run the business together. And then yeah, how's it structured? So we first of all talking about Instagram. We have a content team, right? With three people working in a full-time idea finder, copywriter, and uh, multiple designers and video editors, actually. And then people who work on the influencer marketing itself and the pages. So that's like one whole in-house team who does uh, all, the, all the influencer marketing stuff and the content. Um, yeah, then we have the sales team, which is divided into you know sales reps and, and setters. So we do setting on WhatsApp and then sales reps. We have a customer success team, you know, two people working in uh, like in it, doing live calls, working with the community, working with students, et cetera, et cetera. We have separately from that also customer support. What else do we have? We have two copywriters um, for, for the broadcasts and for the sequences. We have one guy um, editing personal uh, content. So like YouTube videos, podcasts, uploading it and doing short form stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, what do we have? We work with one guy externally who runs all the ads for us. Um, and he has his team. Mm, then we have another video editor. Yeah, it's 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 quite a lot. And then we have the theme pages, agency stuff. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Content, yeah, I can really see like you are so heavy on the content front. I mean, you got a lot more people than than most other businesses of your size on the content side with copywriters editing ideas and so on and so forth. So you have a whole guy who just comes up with the ideas. That's freaking epic. 
So yes. that's all he does all day, just sit around, drink coffee and come up with ideas. Exactly. Like <laughs> researching, right? On Instagram, TikTok, yeah. LinkedIn, everything. Because because for you, you know, if you're into Instagram, content is the most important thing. Yeah. You know? Um, when you have great content in the feed, that's when you book calls, when you get direct messages, when you get website tips. And it's like, I don't know, 80-20 or 595. 5% yeah. of content pieces drive 90% of the traffic. Same for the influencer marketing. Like if you have shitty content, your influencer campaigns aren't going to perform, right? Yeah. You won't follow us. You won't have good lead quality, et cetera, et cetera. So content is everything. That's why we have a full-time team for it. Amen. Amen. And uh, how many sales reps do you have? We have, well, how many is it? I can't even count. Seven or something? Yeah. But they're not all Closers, that is? Or? Yes. yes. They're not full-time, you said? No. So they do. Uh, they sell other offers as well on the side? Some of them, yes. Not all of them. We have like two main guys and then the other ones are, yeah. Got it, guys. That's interesting. And then, yeah. and then you guys, you said you're doing setting over WhatsApp or you mean over text yeah. or how exactly? WhatsApp, yeah. Ah, nice. So someone comes in and then you WhatsApp them like, eh, and they, then you meet them there. They book a call. Thanks, Paige. Hey, blah, blah, blah. your application not yet complete. My team wants to talk to you before the call on WhatsApp. Cool. Um, yeah, and they also manually reach out in case they don't reach out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the classic. How many how many setters do you have there? Two setters and one head off. Oh, nice man, nice man. Yeah, dude, it's it's so cool. Do you do um one thing that I noticed for me as well to get back to your original question of like how like le lessons in the business. Yeah. The way I used to run my company whatever 3 years ago compared to how I run it now is so different. Like 3 years ago I would just hire someone and I'm like I mean, this this makes me sound like such an idiot, such an asshole. I'm like, welcome, don't talk to me. Bye. Like, kind of like that. Again, because I was so... I've had so many people that wanted to work with me in the beginning just because they wanted to be best friends with the dating coach. And then, you know, they yeah. would think like, oh, if I work with Max, we're going to go out together and part, you know? So yeah. I was like, hey, listen, like, this is... We're not best friends. You're here because you want to be in this position. And um, that was basically it. And now what I do is I have freaking daily meetings, daily sales team meetings, daily coaching team meetings. I'm way more involved than what I was before. How is it with you? Do you do, you do daily meetings, weekly meetings, monthly meetings, or how is it? No, no. I used to do not the, the daily meetings. The content team itself does daily meetings, right? Yeah. Uh, but no, I'm not involved anymore. Sometimes we do team calls and communicate over WhatsApp a lot. Um, yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of you know, having a fixed schedule every single day was like every single day that needs to be this one call. Yeah. Like it's not my thing. So we do a lot of with via WhatsApp and then internally the teams, they do their stuff. Dope, man. Dope. And is everybody uh, online or do you see some of the folks uh, in person as well? Sometimes, sometimes I see them in person. Yes. For example, many of the team members also came to the event and come. Uh, oh, nice. Hosted. Um, yeah. But everything is basically online. Yeah. They are real. Yeah. 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 For for us, I used to be a huge proponent of in person, um, yeah. which is also cool. It has something when you have like a physical office, people come in, you know, and everybody's yes. kind of crushing it. Um, I don't know if you know, but then you know we had this in Kiev, and then you know the war started, and then we were like, okay, where's going to be our next office at? And we literally had like a vote, all the European yeah. American cities, like where do we want to move? <clears throat> and but at that time we had been doing everything online, I think for like three weeks or something since since everybody yeah. had to get out. And then I'm like, this is kind of cool. Like, and it's going really well and everybody loves it because, you know, we, we teach people how to build a freedom business. So now our employees have that freedom as well, you know? Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, let's just do online. 
And yeah. um, it kind of works even better. I, I have to say, I hate to admit it, you know. <laughs> the faucet also works perfectly. Just online, uh, it's good. Yeah. Yeah, especially, you know, I don't think you could have done it as easily like 10 years ago. <clears throat> but nowadays with like Zoom video calls, WhatsApp, yeah. all that jazz, just the best thing ever. Yeah, and um, what was I going to say? Yeah, I do. What I do want to start now is um, like, uh, what is it called? Like, like meetings for the whole staff, like once a year, because we yeah. have staff in North America, South America, bunch of people now move to Asia because, you know, over the winter. Um, yeah. And I just want to get kind of get everyone together in like a city, like, I don't know, like Berlin, Amsterdam, or like some cool place like South of France, just fly yeah. everybody in and, and just crush it there together in like a villa for a week or something like that. Yeah, that's good for sure. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So what do you think is like <clears throat> for someone who wants to join your team as uh, a content writer? Or yeah. as a copywriter, anything like that. Like, what's like the number one and the number two skill that you're looking for? It just needs to in, in any area. Just needs to be common sense. Yeah, yeah. That's like tie also conscientiousness, right? You know, some people have it, some don't. You know, mm. if you have it, you're welcome on the team. And then, of course, you need uh, skills um, in the specific role. For example, copywriting or whatever. I need a lot of common sense over there, or when it comes to idea finding, whatever. Um, or design um yeah how and do you course, yeah go ahead and then of course uh you know personally it also has to to make sense right yeah how do you guys screen for conscientiousness how does it there's look a, like in, in an interview a, yeah there's a test from ty lopez tylopez.com slash course oh yeah like people throw it yeah it also tests on like narcissism machiavellianism psychopathy and stuff so you know with that you just like you know, you have some bad apples in the application. Sometimes you just done. Yeah. Um, I got and then it also, yeah, slash quiz. This whole and podcast that, is almost like a, a Ty Lopez endorsement. <laughs> it is, <laughs> but yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, then, I mean, I mean, why not? You know? Oh, there I go. I see it. Okay, sick. All right. Yeah, and then it also tests on conscientiousness. So yeah. that's one thing I do. And then there's also four questions that I uh, recently just learned, you know, about business partners at Consulting Club. Um, one of them, his dad, he's like super big in business, has like 30 companies, 500 employees, mm-hmm. has like a private jet company, yard company. He owns the villa that we did the event at nice. and stuff. So he's like super, super big in business and he uses like four questions to hire people. Um, yeah. Let's hear, Let's hear them. Okay. There we can start with what what I can even I can even ask you after I will tell Do you. Do with me, yeah, yeah. Okay. Role okay, play. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> so so what's what's your favorite uh, wild animal? Is it is it something where I have to think about or is it like the first thing I that comes to Just the mind? first thing. It's just super random, like yeah. Okay. Eagle. And why? Because it soars through the air, it's majestic and it can fly wherever it wants. Okay, what else? What other animal? No, no, I mean, like, why else the eagle? <laughs> because it's at the top of the food chain, because it has really good vision, and because it's a big animal. It's not just some tiny, shitty fucking bird. It's It has a big wingspan. Okay. Anything else? It's the um, one of the national symbols of Austria, my home country. Okay, got it. Cool. So second question would be, what do you think about the ocean? 
it's beautiful. It's calming. It's relaxing. It's full of life. Mm -hmm. It's blue. It's very colorful. And um, it feeds large populations of the world. Okay, cool. Uh, what's your favorite home animal? Dogs. Why? Because they're loyal. They're always happy, no matter what. They're very simple. They are... Um, you can learn a lot from them. Yeah. And um, just looking at them increases your level of happiness. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, what do you think about food? Oh, man. I love food. Food is like the best thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, you know, I celebrate with food. Mm -hmm. I, uh, when I'm stressed, I calm down with food. When I'm happy, I share food with the other people i love hanging out you know just breaking bread kind of just being like you mentioned earlier like my my version of partying is just being at a, at a nice restaurant just ordering all the desserts and have a good time with my buddies yeah and do you like to try a lot of new things or stick to the same stuff yeah i guess we spoke about it, but yeah it depends like during yeah. regular times i eat the same thing every day but at the same time when i'm on vacation i love i love the idea of tasting different kinds of foods and just kind of experimenting around like that yeah okay cool yeah and so the guy you know the the he used all of those those questions to hire all of his employees wow right? and uh all of them and he's been in business for like 30 years and he's like super fucking big right um yeah and uh he was like hey whenever i you know, ignored the results of the questions, I regretted it later on. Uh -huh. So it's like every every question represents something, like, oh, the exactly. favorite animal represents something. Okay, okay, let's... let's exactly. So so the favorite animal, wild animal, is how you see yourself or how you would want to be, right? And for, to give an example, you know, one of my, my business partners, they like two, three years ago, hired a copywriter and his favorite wild animal was this chameleon right and, ah. and then he explained why like they always change and this and that and you know working with him for some time they also ignored the answers uh he was also changing sometimes he was wearing like completely like green suit and then a red one the next day and then something like joggers the next day and same with his personality he always just adjusted and adapted right mm -hmm. or some people would maybe answer hey my favorite white animal is a snake right mm -hmm. and then explain why like, it's sneaky and you know it can kill people you're like yeah what yeah you know what was yours uh, so when i first you know uh, when 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 the friends asked me the question i really like literally didn't didn't know never thought about it but then you know we uh started uh consulting club and part of the logo is the wolves so we have four wolves as logos mm. and part of the, the reason why we chose the wolf as an icon for the brand is because of the values that the wolf represents which is like loyalty etc 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 and yeah damn that's epic all right. Yes. So that's that's a wild animal. What about the ocean? Is that like your environment? The environment you prefer or no, ocean is uh how you view life, right? Mm. And often when people are, for example, scared about the ocean and they're like, hey, I'm scared, that's fucking whatever. Wow. Many, many times they could have some traumas from the past and this and that, unresolved issues within this themselves. Yeah. Damn. Well, I'm happy I said it's beautiful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and their general attitude over life. Yeah. All right. Damn. Okay. What was your answer there? I love the ocean too. Yes. Nice. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And then the favorite house animal is like your partner, like your ideal partner or something like that. Yeah. That goes a little bit exactly into the dating direction. 
Yeah. Exactly. It's like, you know, how you view your partner. You know, some people are like in the direction of cats, some dogs, you know. Yeah. My girlfriend <laughs> is like a dog. I just watch her and I'm happy. She's <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> she's she's so happy, so with such simple things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now the more I think about what I said, I'm like, yep, yep, that's my girlfriend. <laughs> she just makes me happy. Uh very loyal. Um yeah, that's that's just so funny, man. Okay, and then uh, the fourth question was um, about food. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. What I could I can't think of what that is. No idea. Food is like money. I don't know. Oh, kind of like represents your sex life and stuff. And your oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I want to share it with my friends. <laughs> uh, Wait, but how come how come sex life is important when you're hiring someone? good question i'm not 100 sure but you know probably because uh even of stuff like loyalty you know some people they might have you know uh a wife husband whatever and they're like i love food love trying new things and this and that and always test out and whatever of course you know the questions aren't 100 accurate but they actually come from sigmund freud um you oh, can google sure. them there's there's some more questions uh, I'm not sure exactly which ones there are. Some of them are about, you know, your T-shirts and about your shoes and stuff. Mm. But it's quite interesting, you know. You start asking some people these questions, you will see the answers, and then yeah. you, you correlate. Yeah. What was your <laughs> answer about food? I always eat the same stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so cool, man! That's so cool. I mean, what do you eat other than steak and blueberries and eggs? You do that every day as well. I'm not like super extreme, but yeah, I try to eat as much uh, steak and eggs as possible, and like blueberries, blackberries, um, what else? Sometimes sushi, so like yeah. uh, salmon, nigiri, some rice, sometimes potato, sometimes, but I don't honestly remember when I for the last time had a pasta. It's been yeah. some time. Sometimes it can be like an acai bowl or something in this direction. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. What else? Yeah, that's basically it. I mean, if you have that many eggs and steak, what did, what does your macros look like in terms of fat? Yeah, I can give you one Hell second. Yeah. Let's hear a yeah. macro comparison. For a comparison, mine are 265 grams of protein, 60 grams of fat, and currently, because I'm on a cut, 110 grams of uh, carbs. But the carbs, they get adjusted every week. So sometimes higher, sometimes lower. Perhaps I have 130, fat 130, and protein 228 grams. What was it again? Carbs that were what? 130? 130, 130, and 228. Oh, wow. Okay. Pretty high on fat, man. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of bugs me that my fat is a little low, 60 grams. So I have to do a lot of chicken. And yeah, chicken is fine, but I kind of prefer beef, like fattier meats. Yeah. Um, but damn, it's interesting. Does Do they get adjusted every week, every month, your macros or what? Yeah, they get adjusted over time, but... Uh... Yeah, I've been sticking to this for so for some time. Yeah. Damn, man. Do you do cheat days at all? Yeah, for sure. Like I'm not oh. super, super extremely strict with this. You know, it's yeah, the yeah. direction that it goes into. And I try to be like 80% perfect. But when I'm out with friends and they're, I don't know, drinking a glass of wine, I'm joining. Right. Yeah. I'm not this like super extreme person when it comes to anything. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. For for me, I'm like, I have like an actual dedicated cheat day where I'm like. Oh, this wow. is the day where I eat the pancakes, the burgers, <laughs> the pizza, and I just maybe, maybe, maybe I should do it like this too because I still need to lose some weight and get into yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should become more strict about it. That it's epic. I gotta say, like one 
one dedicated cheat day and you look forward to it. Like I, oh. I used to do it once a month and I'm like, let's go six <laughs> more days to cheat day. And then I literally, I, and I'm like, <laughs> it's so, it sounds so fucked up. I have like a, li- like a, like a notepad on the phone that's called yeah. cheat day. And in there, I write down all the foods I'm going to eat. I'm like, oh, lasagna. And I write down lasagna. You get super like, excited for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I make a list and it's way more than I could eat in one freaking day. Um, yeah but it's epic. And then sometimes I combine it with my girlfriend because she loves cooking, but mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, she's like, what should I cook? And I'm like, well, steak and eggs and chicken. And she's like, I don't want to cook that shit. Like I want to cook pasta. and da-da-da. So I'm like, okay, baby, how, how about we do this? Like I'm going to do a cheat day and you can cook all the pasta you want. And then she literally cooks like an, an oven plate full of pasta and I just eat all of it. And she's like, I'm happy you like the food. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> Funny. That's good. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. So listen, man, uh, you're, you're a freaking legend. Uh, I can see that, you know, you definitely deserve 120% where you are right now. I can definitely see that um, there's no ending inside for you. You're going to crush it even more. You have all the right things in place. And um Plus, you're a very, very down-to-earth guy, which is it's really, really rare. So I want to give you the props here as well. I'm happy that I know you. I'm happy that I got to know you here. Um, I hope we can hang out in person next time. And um, anything else you have you have to, to to mention here for the viewers, for the listeners? Yeah, first of all, I appreciate uh, the feedback and also the invitation to the podcast. It was uh, good talking. And yeah, anything else? Ah, what's a, what's a good uh, what's a good thing to end the podcast? Yeah, I guess like, you know, no matter where you are in life right now, you know, whether you're in a nine to five working, whether you you have your own business, just every day, try to do your best. You know, you have one life on this planet and try to in all areas of your life, give your best, optimize. Of course, not every day is going to be perfect, but try to make, I don't know, 20 out of 30 days of of, of the month. Great and make progress. And uh, it's fun. You know, the journey when you build this momentum and come this positive, like upward spiral and uh, everyone, I guess, can do it. Yeah. Doesn't man. have to be, need to become an entrepreneur, but uh, yes, beautiful man. Can't can't really uh, can't get any better than that. Where can people find you? Your Instagram website, anything you recommend? Yeah, just Instagram Niklas Petter. Same on YouTube website niklaspetter.com. And uh, yes, hell yeah, check him out, folks. He's an absolute legendary main character. And thank you so much for listening. GG. All right, we're at the end of the episode and you're saying, hey, hold on a second. This guy is in his 20s. He's making millions and Max made his first million also when he's 20. Damn it, how can I do this? How can I get started? Monetize my skill. I'm maybe not being paid for my expertise enough at my job. Well, I got something for you. Book a free consultation call with me and my team. In that call, we'll look at exactly what it is that you can monetize, which one of your skills is the most likely to make you six or even seven figures. And of course, how to do that. We're going to give you a step-by-step precise instruction on that free call. All you have to do is head over to maxtorno.com forward slash call, fill in your info there, book the call at any time that fits well for you. And uh, if the link still works, it means we still have spots open. Uh, We're getting kind of overrun, but I still wanted to uh, promote that here because it's been changing so many people's lives. So like I said, maxtorno.com forward slash call and talk to you soon.